You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of uh, former Bellator fighters, Liz Carmouche, getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week, it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who, of course, uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, May 1st, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. It is so great to be here with all of you on the first day of May, 2023. Golly, I don't know if uh, any of you live in the tri-state area, but I thought it was never going to stop raining. It was a torrential downpour over the course of the entire weekend, pretty much from Friday afternoon to this morning. It just wouldn't stop, right? Not at all. I thought it would never stop. In fact, it was my son's 11th birthday yesterday. Thanks for asking, Frank. And uh, we had to move the party indoors. We had to scramble found a place thank you very much to them uh some of them fans of the program and uh it all worked out but i kind of felt bad it just wouldn't stop raining i mean it was it was uh it was something it was something all right uh but you know what they say frank april showers uh may flowers that's right and this this right here this program right here is the flower that has come as a result of the uh the showers over the past 48 or so hours here in the tri-state area we have so much to discuss on today's program so much going on on today's program a lot to get to and it was a very interesting weekend in combat sports because there was no major ufc event there was one but it was kind of like you know womp womp uh no major bellator no major pfl no major boxing as well but there was something called bare knuckle fighting championship which stole the show i mean in a massive way, probably in a much bigger way than anyone anticipated, including the folks over at BKFC. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. Of course, it's UFC 288 Fight Week here in the tri-state area. They're back in Newark for the first time since 
2019, Colby Covington versus Robbie Lawler was the main event in an afternoon card, which was supposed to happen in Russia, if you recall, and then they moved it here, but because of the time zone, they made it in the afternoon a whole big thing. In any event, they're back, and it's Aljamain Sterling and Henry Cejudo, Cejudo's first fight since May of 2020, Bilal Muhammad versus Gilbert Burns, a nice little card, and it's at The Rock, the Prudential Center, home of the New Jersey Devils, who of course are playing the New York Rangers uh, this evening in Game 7. By the way, you want to put a little action on that? Go to DraftKings Sportsbook. They support us as well, this program as always, presented by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, do me a favor, if you sign up with them, use the code DMAR. That lets them know we sent you, and they get very happy about all of that. So they are the official sports betting partner of the UFC and this program. We support their uh, endeavors, and we appreciate their support very much. So go check them out over at DraftKings Sportsbook and the DraftKings Sportsbook app. All right. What are we doing on this show? Speaking of DraftKings, back into the show, we'll uh, take a look at how we did the Parlay Boys, also how GC did with all the wackiness going on in the world of sports, I'm still a little upset. I'll be honest with you guys. Like this is this is no cap, no cap right now. Uh, none of you are going to believe me because it's a cool thing to do to not believe me when it comes to this particular topic. But I was more, I was more upset about Nottingham Force loss to Brentford in heartbreaking fashion than the Knicks losing to the Heat in Game One of the second round series of their playoffs uh, yesterday. Could you believe that, GC? I was more mad about Brentford ripping our hearts out, stomping on them, spitting on them, then the Knicks choking, which they did yesterday afternoon. I mean, a horrible, pathetic display, but I was pissed about Forrest. Like, that really, ruined my Saturday. I, I, it ruined my Saturday morning, at least. Like, I was, I was pretty disgusted. I mean, once they tied it up, I was at least ho- hoping we were going to hold on for the one point. But to blow it all together, I mean... It was horrible. Relegation is is knocking uh, on our doorstep. I mean, it felt like we were about to escape the grass. Oh we we're going to get another year in the Prem. Oh but uh, I don't know. I mean, Southampton's a must-win at this point. Yeah, and of course, uh, if you're wondering, GC is wearing a Florida Panthers <laughs> sweatshirt for some bizarre Shock reason. The world. I, I think Shock he's the, the only world. person on the planet who owns Sir. one of those. I mean, look at this thing. Quality. Adidas. And I, I was upset when GC showed up with the uh, Belgium kit prior to oh, yeah. Canada's first World Cup. Here yeah. he is showing up with the Florida Panthers sweater. No allegiance to them whatsoever when our our dear and valued colleague Joe is a oh, yeah. hardcore Bruins, Bruins fan. fan. I was thinking of him the whole time. Feels uh, below the belt. No, I mean... I'm a, I'm a Devils fan. I mean, uh, the East is wide open now for us. I, I And listen, I just have to assume... You guys would wear the the no. merch for whoever when Georgia loses, but too bad the whole time I've been on this show we just haven't lost. I mean, so you guys haven't got my team beat Rick's team. I, I gave him a handshake, a hug. I mean, it was all class oh, on yeah, this right, part. Right, you spit you spit on his shoes when you. No, I didn't. He can attest. He very can attest. It was all very Listen, respectful. Listen, this, this is no slight to Joe. This is the mammoth accomplishment <laughs> that the Florida Panthers achieved by. I mean, it was the the best regular season in NHL history. Like no slight was, to Joe. But as soon no, as you saw like him this Joe. morning, you stood up, made sure you yeah, could yeah, see yeah. it. Joe, how do you no, feel about this, Joe? Are you no. upset about this? Do you feel like it's uh, it's nah, a little it's too okay. far? It's okay. Joe's pissed. He got, listen, Joe, he I could tell by that answer he's pissed. <laughs> he got the dub with, with my Hawks choking it away in game six. Oh, that's what this, this is, is about. This is okay. the jab back. I, I had to fight back somehow. If you think I didn't have a little Florida Panthers merch laying around ready to I roll. can't believe you have that. I mean, did you buy that last night? How did you get this? Express shipping? No, no, I had this for a while. I that mean, for years. Can you name yeah. one player on the Panthers? Uh, Bobrovsky, the goalie. 
hero on his head last night in overtime. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say uh, it's Kachuk. Kachuk? Do we, we have a future on the, on the, on no, the team? I, no, but I have a future on the Devils, and this opened up the East for us. You do and have it, a future on the Devils? Oh, yeah, yeah. Once, as soon as I moved to New Jersey, I ordered a Devils hat and placed a future on the Devils. Well, Winning it I all? I thought there might be a future. Winning it all. You have the merch. Game seven tonight against the Rangers, my former club. Yeah. yeah the Rangers. Club, no just, just, like, <laughs> just last year, I was a Rangers fan. Now, now you switch more than I do. Yeah, but I mean, I openly admit that I'm a free agent when it comes to the hockey world. Yeah. Ever, since the, ever since Atlanta lost the Thrashers, I'm a free agent. I bounce year to year. You know, my girlfriend's from Colorado. One year I was an Avs fan. <laughs> and then, now, then I was a Rangers fan. Now I'm a Devils fan. You know, uh, next Don't year, tell them. They're going to call you a plastic fan. They're I'm okay call with you that. A- I accept it. I, I'm, I am a plastic fan in hockey. I, I change every year. It's whoever I'm betting on and whoever I feel like cheering for. If the Devils lose... Tonight, I'm a Leafs fan at that okay. point. Yeah, I mean, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be bleeding. Do you have any Leafs merch? Yeah, I'll be bleeding Canadian blood. No, but we do have, you know, two day shipping on Amazon. I can That's get true. Leafs merch before game one, even puck drops. <laughs> All right, well, there you have it. Uh, I knew everyone was wondering about that, so I wanted to address it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So back into the show, we'll recap the weekend. Part of that will be joined by Aljamain Sterling, who is fighting uh, Henry Cejudo this weekend at The Rock, home of the Devils. Uh, prior to that, we're going to be joined by. Uh, the biggest star in combat sports right now, Mike Perry. Platinum Perry with the massive win on Saturday over Luke Rockhold. Gruesome scenes. Facing off with Conor McGregor in the ring. I mean, it was just madness. The glow-up that Platinum Perry is experiencing right now as a result of his time in uh, in, in Bare Knuckle, we'll talk more about that in a moment, is, is truly amazing. Uh, also... Uh, we will, prior to that, be joined by Eddie Alvarez, who had the win over Chad Mendez. Chad Mendez retiring. What a fight that was. Jeez Louise. Five two-minute rounds is all action. Like, if you thought women's boxing was quick, just watch one of these fights. Five two-minute rounds. Brrr, all action, but total car wreck. Prior to that, we'll be joined by Ben Rothwell, um, who had his big win over Josh Copeland. He has found a home in BKFC 2-0 now for Big Ben. Part of that will be joined by David Feldman, uh, the president and the founder of BKFC. So, I mean, it's pretty much like a BKFC takeover, and rightfully so. It was the biggest story of the weekend. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. It was by far the biggest story of the weekend. Over on the UFC side, Song Yadong defeated Ricky Simone in very impressive fashion. And so he uh, gets back on track after, you know, having some tough fights as of late. Simone was... Uh, winner of his last five, including the nice one over Tank Shore back in July, setback for him. Still very much a player, I think, but uh, maybe, you know, back into the back end of the top 15 now, and we'll see where he goes. It was at the apex, so, you know, hard to keep track of everything going on there. and feel completely invested. Um, I want to talk about BKFC. I have a lot to say about BKFC. Also want to talk about this Francis Ngannou story that broke this morning. What do you guys suggest I start with, Ngannou or BKFC? Let's talk about Francis. You want to talk about Francis? It's, it's the most timely, right? It's the most present okay. right now, happening in real time. Let's talk Francis. You know, if I was a, if I was a broadcast, you know, veteran, I would say, oh, coming up in the third hour, we'll talk to you about uh, Francis Ngannou. But you after say the you, short break, yes, we'll get to Francis Ngannou. Uh, on the other side of the break, uh, you're listening to ninety-eight point seven. No, you, no n- um, you never tell people you're going to break. That's right. That's right. I learned that when I was doing radio. Oh, what yeah. do you say uh, after these words or after these messages? Yeah, something like this. Coming up. 
coming up. Yeah, coming yeah, up. The 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 audience definitely isn't. And it's know, always aware. a bullshit tease. It's always like coming up. I'll <laughs> tell you why Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is the worst move in the history of football. Yes. Some yeah. bullshit like that. And then it's like you come back and it's like two guys just talking about Aaron Rodgers to the yes, Jets. Yes, as as if the seven minutes of commercials you it didn't click in. Like oh, uh, they they're not talking anymore. Right. Or uh, anyone is sticking around for seven minutes to hear the rest of that. No <laughs> one's doing that. You're home by the time the commercial right. comes over. Uh, Wednesday, we had Chatri Sichotongan, the, the CEO, the founder, the chairman of One Championship. I asked Chatri about Francis Ngannou. What did he tell us? He told us that he was going to be meeting with Francis Ngannou this Saturday in Los Angeles. Great. Uh, based on the conversation we had, I think you would agree seemed like he was leaning towards making him a very strong offer and seemed to be quite confident that this offer would turn into a deal um, that Francis would accept and uh, that Francis would be joining one. It seemed to me that was the vibe that I was getting. Anyway, I checked in with Francis before the meeting, just wanted to make sure it was an accurate thing. He told me, yes, he is meeting with him. I said, cool, good luck. If you want me to call in, I'll be the, uh, the third man in the convo. You need my advice. He said, I'm good. Joking, by the way. There are people running with it. Um, all right. All good. Saturday. I didn't even check in Sunday, you know, my son's birthday. Trying, But I wake up, guys. I wake up to a message from Chatri Sitrachong, which I am going to read, uh, and I'm allowed to read. It was an on-the-record message. He sent me this. Now, I don't know if he sent this to other people, too. At first, I thought he was just sending it to me, but then I saw some other articles. So, you know, here it is, the message. I'm reading it. Um this is what he told me. They sent this to me at 12.45 a.m. I was already fast asleep. Met with Francis yesterday, Saturday, for almost three hours. One has decided to withdraw from the process of bidding for Francis and Ganu's services. After careful reflection, we decided not to submit our final offer. Francis is a good guy and a good champion. I wish him continued success and happiness. At the end of the day, he added, I didn't feel that Francis and I were fully aligned on non-financial terms. It is nothing personal, just a lack of alignment. And then he reiterated, I like Francis, good guy, just didn't have alignment on non-financial terms. Is that the same statement he sent to other people? Is that pretty much verbatim? Yeah. So he copy-pasted that? Hmm. That's what I'm saying everywhere. Yeah. Listen, you know, that's how the statements go. You, sp- uh, you spread I guess. it. And- but you see, so it was, it, was a, it was an uninitiated statement, meaning I never asked him for an update. So I saw that. I woke up to that. I asked him if this was on the record. He said yes. And then, you know, being someone who's been around the block, I'm like, why is he willingly offering this information? Why is he coming to me without me asking him? Usually you keep most of the stuff to the vest until someone reaches out and you either tell them or you don't. So I said, all right, well, there's his side of the story. Let me get Francis's side of the story, right? And so I reach out to Francis and I say, hey, this is what was said to me. Now, And at this point, I saw the other articles. I'm like, this is what is being reported is this accurate? Is this what kind of happened? Uh, Francis then says, you know, let me give you a call. Now, it was like 5 a.m. over there in Vegas. I was like, all right, if you want, or we could wait, whatever. Gives me a call, and we had a nice chat. Francis' side of the story is a little bit different. Um, basically, what I could share at this time, because he was, he, was, he was very transparent, Francis is very close to signing a, a new deal. And with with another promotion, and according to Francis, he was very upfront about this. Um, and so they left the meeting on good terms, 
But, you know, both of them came to an understanding that because he had already, you know, kind of verbally committed to someone, more than likely he's not going to one. His feeling, and I'll be honest, my feeling after getting both sides of the story is, Chatri, which he's, you know, in his right to do, tried to get ahead of the story, tried to save face by putting it out there that we are withdrawing as opposed to we couldn't close the deal and get this guy to come. Now, you know, I thought it was really interesting when he was in studio and talking about who the big players are. I thought it was really interesting when I asked him about PFL. That one seemed to be the one that really got him fired up. And so maybe coming off of that, he wants everyone to know like, hey, we're in control here. We're not offering this guy a deal. It's not that he's choosing someone else. And, you know, after a long conversation with Francis, that seems to be his side. And, and that's the kind of side that I'm leaning towards. That's no knock on them. And I asked him, and he said this came up in the conversation as well, why did you take the meeting if you already had this commitment? He said, we had the meeting on the books. I felt like it was the right thing to do to, to hear him out, but I was transparent. I didn't play any games with him and let him know that I have this and that I'm leaning towards this, but I still want to meet with you out of respect, come to LA and, uh, and hear you out. I think Chatri, you know, wanted to do a deal with Francis is my understanding came to the realization that he can't do a deal with him because he had this verbal commitment. He's very close, could even be signed this week, he tells me. And uh, this is the MMA side of his deal. There's an MMA component and a boxing component. And uh, I think he, he did the old PR move where you get ahead of it and you tell your side of the story and you make it seem like you're walking away as opposed to you know maybe you couldn't come to terms because he had a deal or he wanted something else, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, as a former PR pro, this is... 101. So, you know, I see everyone writing this story now, and I see everyone shitting on Francis. And I also see, and part of this is because of, you know, my good friend, Ant Evans, who has created this narrative that I've like, I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm in the bunker with, uh, with Francis on this one, when he's got his own people doing his own thing. This, this like rush to try to claim that Francis has fucked up, when in reality, he left the UFC in January you know, he's allowed to take as long as he wants to figure out what he wants to do. And, and quite frankly, it's a bit of a complicated scenario. It's not just signing with an MMA promotion. It's signing with an MMA promotion who's also going to be okay with him boxing as well. Um, it seems like people are almost celebrating every time they have, you know, they come across like some sort of perceived L on his part, as the kids like to say, which is a little bit bizarre to me because it feels like we should almost be wanting uh, fighters to have more options and to get what they're worth, et cetera, et cetera. In this case, it felt like everyone ran with the one side of the story. Um, when let's be honest, sometimes, you know, there's a little bit of bending of truth, not getting his side of the story just to paint him in a negative light to me is a bit of a weird one. So I have a, I have a few thoughts on that. Sure. Number one, you're absolutely right. Like anybody calling like the Francis Ngannou thing, a failure at this point, feels premature just because the outcome hasn't been played yet. No no matter what's happening here, no matter the back and forths, we don't know what the end result of this um, departure from the UFC is for Francis Ngannou. He could sign tomorrow for the most money anybody's ever signed for in fighting history. We don't know what this is. So that's, that, to me, feels premature. Um, as far as the, the Chatri and Francis both having their side, I think, you know, Chatri took a proactive approach 
tried to get it out there, as I said, PR 101, smartly. I think it was very interesting that he used the phrase non-financial matters, right? You want to make sure that people know, hey, we've got plenty of money. It wasn't that we didn't offer Francis Ngannou big money. It was non-financial matters. So Repeated that uh, twice. I think a smart PR move um, from his side to go out proactively. Francis has been not kind of talking about all his negotiations out in public. Um, so, you know, I think naturally people are going to are gonna go to the story that was that was presented to them. And the last thing I'll say is I agree with you fully. Like, this is not a, a done deal. The, we don't know what the net result of what Francis Ngannou is happening with Francis Ngannou. But I will say, as people continue to come out and say, I... Have not or I'm are not going to deal do a deal with Francis Ngannou that starts to whittle down his options. Right now he is in a different position than he was at the very start of this process, where everybody said I'm interested in Francis Ngannou. I want to take a shot at Francis Ngannou. Now the options are getting more narrow. Now the options for who who he's with. But to your point, he said he already is kind of on the verge of the deal with somebody. So that's insignificant. All these different. Organizations that ultimately are not going to end up dealing with Francis Ngannou, he already seemingly has something um, verbally agreed to. So, and just it, reminder to the people: like, if a promoter comes out and says, "I'm not doing a deal," like just because David Feldman and Chatri say, <laughs> think about why they're doing that. Well, think also, about why they're doing that. Just He's, think objectively, right? Like, does every single promotion who's potentially interested in Francis interested in Francis Ngannou, when the, when it's time for brass tacks? Do they have the means to pay for Francis Ngannou? And can they, once they potentially do pay for Francis Ngannou, maximize his abilities and what he brings to the table in order to produce something? If I'm Bellator, right, I don't have a pay-per-view product. Now, Showtime, I, I could see a world where like, hey, we do a deal with Francis Ngannou to fight MMA and to fight boxing. That, I think, could be um, something potentially um, lucrative. But Bellator is a promotion. They don't have a pay-per-view vehicle. They're a, a, a product that's on linear television. Do I want to pay Francis Ngannou all this money to put him on linear television? Maybe not. If I'm one championship, I have this deal with Amazon, right? We're in, we're in a different business. Do I want to? Th just because somebody initially expressed interest and then is not ultimately able to do a deal, I don't think is any indictment on Francis Ngannou. It's business. It's trying to figure out, can I maximize what Francis Ngannou is going to give me for what I'm paying for him? And quite frankly, some people just can't get there. Like They might not be in that game for Francis Ngannou. So for them to say, like I'm withdrawing is almost like I'm breaking up with you before you break up with me. Or it's like, exactly. uh, it's me coming out and saying, like you know what? I didn't really want to buy that Ferrari. I can't afford a Ferrari. Maybe I maybe I just can't <laughs> exactly. afford a Ferrari. That's a, at, exactly. at the end of the day, I can't lie. It's a, so, that's exactly it. You you yeah. nailed it. There there's lots of different things happening here that I think need to be unpacked, and there's a lot more nuance to the conversation than just like Francis's demands were too much or Francis like Francis is worth a certain amount of money. It seems like he has a verbal agreement with somebody who's going to pay him uh, the amount of money and give him those stipulations and things that he asked for. Just because somebody is withdrawing from the conversation doesn't mean they were ever even in the conversation to begin with, to be completely honest. It's also what you said, Ariel. Like, it's just, it's not done yet. Like, we can't make a final judgment on whether, whether this move was a success or a failure. It could be either one. It could be a success. It could be a failure. Like, that, that story has not been written yet. We have to wait and see what happens. And I'm kind of with you. It feels like everyone's just sort of jumping on it. Like, the amount of times that I've seen the tweet with all the promotions that are out of the Francis sweepstakes with the big <laughs> red X's next to their names, it's just like, yeah, we get it. Like, he hasn't made a deal yet. But he could 
be signing this week for a massive amount of money. Like, who knows? Like, we we have to wait and see whether this is a success or failure before we make these. Jokes. And honestly, so so the 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 boxing component is the big you know question yeah. here. Which direction is he going to go? Is he going to go with a promoter? Does he have a big fight lined up, et cetera, et cetera? And we'll see. Is he going to go with the network? If you would have asked me, okay, who are his options? to fight in MMA, because that seems what... And when you say options, you mean like realistic options. Because yeah. to, to the point I was trying to make before, like when Francis announces free agency, everybody came out and was like, I'm interested in Francis, I'm interested yeah. in Francis. Are you a real contender is a completely different conversation, right? And the two that I would have crossed off the list off the bat would have been bare knuckle and one. Yeah, so there you go. Francis wasn't going to bare knuckle, A, in my opinion, so cross them off the bat. Yeah. Did, did, didn't love the way that was painted, and, and, I'm, and I'm going to, to ask Dave about that, David Feldman, who's joining us at 140. And, and two, Francis to one makes no sense to me, makes zero sense to me. Um, I don't think it's in his best interest right now to go fight predominantly in Asia. Now, I know they're coming to the U.S. on Friday. They have their first show. There's a very busy weekend coming up um, for them and for combat sports. To me, the two... Best options for him were Bellator and and uh, and PFL. Yeah, have either of those said that they're out of the running? And and we're talking specifically um, MMA, right? We're not talking. Yeah, yeah I'm talking MMA. Yep. I'm talking about. But um, but honestly, even even okay, who's Bellator aligned with? Showtime. See who's that? PFL aligned with? ESPN. Like yep. those were always the two best options. Those were especially, always the two best options. Especially if you want to try and do both sections of that right if you want to get francis as a boxer and if you want to get francis as um an mma fighter there's a potential path to that with those with those relationships so yeah i agree with you so anyway i wanted to uh to talk about that to address that because i i felt like there were a lot of people just running with one side of the story and and i told chatri i'm like i'm calling him and i'm asking his side you know I don't know if he if he wanted me to do that because he told me there is no other side of the story, and I was like, nah, there is another side. There's always another side of the story. You, well, you telling me you were meeting with him is the first part of the story. This is now the aftermath of the story, and so you saying you don't want to offer a deal is great, or non financial terms, whatever that is, is great. But I would like to know why you know you weren't quote unquote aligned from Francis, and I, I would in this like case know, now it makes a lot more sense. I would like to know why they're not aligned from him too. Chatri can say why they're not aligned. That was very vague. It wasn't, we couldn't meet on XYZ point or Francis Ngannou asked for this and we can't provide this. I'd like to, I'd like to know from that side why they weren't aligned as well. Um, but I will say part of this is in Francis's control as well. He could come out right now and say, that's not the I truth. think he's going to talk. I've invited him to come in studio when this is all well and, and done. Uh, I, th- I think he'll explain. It makes no yep. sense for him to explain all of this now. And so people could be spiking the football on his behalf. And again... I think that you are, if you are in favor of fighters getting what they are owed and, you know, maximizing their worth, short window, you know, all that stuff, why you be, you would be rooting against a guy who is taking the road less traveled. I mean, truly the road less traveled. No one has ever been in his position. Heavyweight champ walks away from the, and yes, could he have made five million, six million, whatever it is from the UFC and, and look at what it you know, look what that platform does to the Michael Chandlers of the world and to the, you know, name them of the world, right? Anyone who's under their umbrella. Yes, yeah. he's taking the road less travel for whatever reason. A guy who came from nothing, the the rush to shit on him and, and, and to mock him and to say that he's fumbling the bag and to say that he's screwing up his career and to say is mind boggling to me. Truly, it's mind boggling. It's, it's just also not objectively true, right? Like we don't know. 
He, he, what bag be. did he like fumble? He, it yeah, could be. It could be a bag fumble, or it could be a success. Like <laughs> or we just don't know success. yet. I want him to succeed because if it does end up being a failure, then you have to worry that like he'll be pointed to whenever a fighter considers doing this in the future. Like if it is, if it does end up being a failure, it's just like, well, like look what happened with with Ngannou. Yeah. So like I, I hope that he succeeds in whatever he's trying to do. To me, the big question is the boxing component. What does he have? you know, under his hat there? What does he have lined up? And let's see what happens. But, um, you know, in, in, in Chatri's mind, he could be 100% accurate here. Oh, I'm yes. walking away from this, right? I get it. I'm not trying to call him a liar, but I do think that there are two other, you know, there's two sides to the story here. So, you know, he painted a, a picture of like, all right, I came to him, there's no deal uh, to really be talked about, but I wanted to hear you out. Okay, great. And so, you know, Historically, I'll just say, as a reporter who's been doing this for a long time, when information is being, you know, is being offered up that easily about something, so about negotiations, about contracts, which everyone tries to keep under their hat, there's another side to the story, right? Absolutely. It, this is different than, hey, uh, Demetrius is fighting Adriano Marais on May 5th. This is, Correct. This is negotiations. Especially when the when the... Even to be more specific, when when the language is vague, when the terms of what's discussed are vague, you wonder. You wonder what what the purpose of it is. If it said, "I offered Francis Ngannou X amount of money and X terms, and he said no, or we're not going to do it," that's a different conversation, right? That's pretty. That's pretty cut and dry, transparent. It can either be true or not true. When it starts to get into like there were certain terms that we didn't agree to, the this and that. You wonder what what these things are. Right. Like what what is the truth of the scenario? But there's always going to be two sides. Let's talk about BKFC and what a weekend they For had. For sure. <laughs> GC scale of one to ten. What are you giving them? Oh uh, man, I'd probably say like an eight. I was I was pretty impressed. I mean, I was wildly entertained. The pace of it was fantastic. That the was really that, the real winner of the night. Oh my pace. god, the pace. Like, the like pace I mean, was... me and you were talking about you know, yes. are we going to make it to the main event? And we just coasted to it. It was it was easy. It was entertaining. It was fun. Uh, Having those former UFC stars in there helps. Uh, McGregor showing up was absolutely hilarious. When he had the belt, I was like legitimately laughing out loud. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Um, yeah, I mean, I I thought it was a a major success for them. Uh, most fun I've had watching a BKFC card easily. Man, uh, okay, well, okay, Eric, your 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 grade home home run for them. I will admit, I have to be transparent. Like I still. I'm kind of not like all in on bare knuckle just as a general sport thing. Like it just, there's something about it that I'm not, I'm not as like all in um, as I could be. It's, it's still a little bit um, outside my comfort zone. Um, but from a promotional perspective for what they were able to pull off, the attention they were able to get absolute home run. And I mean, Conor McGregor strolling out there like a plus plus. Here's why I think it worked so well. There was nothing else really of note going on. The UFC is, I mean, right now they are the kings of combat sports. No yep. one is more on fire than no them. Question. And the pay-per-views have been great. And the product has been great. You know, we, we've talked at nauseum about Apex and this and that. So this just happens to be an Apex event. And let's be honest, they kind of punted on this one after the main event fell through. Yep. And even the card itself was rather thin. So BKFC had the, uh, you know, the benefit of being pretty much the only 
big show of the weekend. Like the the problem with one's event this weekend is it's the Friday before UFC pay per view. It's going to get swallowed up, unfortunately, in terms of coverage and whatnot. Here they got lucky, and 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 it's really just a luck thing because so many events are being added. So many, bit, you know, Tank yeah. Garcia could have fallen on on this Saturday. It was it was yep. last weekend. Um, Two Saturdays ago. Canelo is also boxing this weekend. And, oh, my God. Yes, that too. Um, so, and, and uh, WWE Backlash in Puerto Rico starring yeah. Bad Bunny. Who could forget? So, so there's so much UFC. There's so much going on. There's so much in sports. The BKFC thing is just so far to the left in terms of like wackiness and spectacle that for a random Saturday, it's fun. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the Wild West. It's a little crazy. It's a little kooky. But it's entertaining. The pace of the show is fantastic. I mean, there's there's no pre-fight packages hardly. It's like boom, 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 boom. I was texting with Chael. I was like, Chael, I've seen you for like 15 seconds on this broadcast. Where have you been? But it's just like boom, boom, boom. They just get onto it. I mean, like yes. one person is walking out of the ring and the other people are walking into the ring. They're it's hitting tremendous. the music as they are leaving the ring. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And I'll be honest, I was thoroughly entertained. I oh, really yeah. enjoyed it. I've I've often said it's it's a little squeamish, a little this, but like same the Eddie Alvarez Chad Mendes fight was <sighs> that last incredible. Round. Like that last round, I was like actually like screaming in my incredible in my living room. Like it was so good. Perry and Rockhold sold the shit out of that main event Absolutely. all week long leading up to it. They did a great job. The ending was unfortunate, but it was still entertaining for what it was. Yep. The Beck Rawlings fight was fun. The Ben Rothwell fight was fun. There was a seventh. Like the whole thing was just a grand slam. And then on top of it, some way, somehow, Conor McGregor, of all people, shows up, is sitting cage side, is offering advice to Eddie Alvarez in the middle of his fight. Standing. There's a beautiful moment there where he tells him, throw the uppercut. Eddie throws the uppercut and he points and thanks him for it. Here's Conor watching two of his old foes go toe-to-toe. I didn't know yeah. if that was like some big brother thing or just his genuine interest in the event. But either way, a freaking grand slam for BKFC. Perry, by the way, the ultimate showman, the ultimate promoter, has the presence of mind to call him into the cage. Now, I've asked multiple people, and I'm going to ask Feldman this. Ring. Did you, uh, the ring, yes. Did you did you pay for Connor to be there? Because if not, this was like the greatest. And even if you did, I think you got your money's worth. But if you oh, didn't, yeah. like, God, this is a gift from the fighting gods. Perry calls him in. They have the face-off. And, and it's not even something that after the fact, Connor's like, Shit, I shouldn't have done that. He's even tweeting about it after the fact. <laughs> yes. He's even putting them over more after the fact. All of it was just an amazing... Gr- Perry leaving the UFC, and, and and let's be honest, had a few controversial moments towards the end of his run in the UFC and, and had some ugly moments outside. Finding his place in this particular crazy world as the face of this world and being successful. And now with this gimmick of like, oh, let me fight MVP. Like he's the guy who fights the newcomer from the world of MMA and beats them and out toughs them is pretty remarkable he fights mvp beats him he fights uh rock cold he beats him i don't know who he fights next logan paul does he fight jake paul i don't know but, who he does next but the way that he has found his lane in this world is is pretty damn amazing so overall i think it was a 10 on 10 a 12 on 10 just a massive success for them n- not only that but there's there's the path here and we were just talking about francis Ngannou. mike perry's with bkfc also doing regular like box you know uh, amateur boxing fight, not amateur from that perspective, but like influencer, uh, uh, pro boxing. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's he's he. There's a path here for somebody whose stock is high. Uh, you know, has some notoriety, can leave the UFC and kind of make that path for themselves. Now, Francis Ngannou, we're talking at a different level, right? We're talking about the former UFC heavyweight champion, but 
there's a blueprint. There's a blueprint to being a guy who floats around these different organizations, can headline a card, and you just throw the money behind them um, to bring the attention. Now, Luke Rockhold also contributes to that, right? It's not just Perry. It's on the back of that specific fight, which is a, which was great. And to your point, sold they sold the hell out of it um, in the lead-up. Um, but it's there. there. There's there's value there. The two funniest things that I, that I remember from that um, was, one, Connor in the ring saying... Um, I just got here and I've already got a belt. Yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> How he that, got the belt. That was the it's perfect so summary. That was a it's perfect so summary. And then Jose Young's tweeted uh, that it feels like a fever dream. That's the the perfect encapsulation. Like if you just like close your eyes and open your eyes back up and you see Conor McGregor with a BKFC belt facing off with Mike Perry, it just feels unreal. If no. it, it feels. Can like you a imagine fever dream, three years truly. ago that happening? Two years ago that happening? You know, how? Conor I mean, McGregor I mean, of all people how showing up possible? holding the belt yeah. in the ring with a face yeah. off and like him enjoying it. The idea of it being of interest to him Incredible. after Luke Rockhold and Mike Perry and Eddie Alvarez and Chad Mendez just fought. Yeah, it's I mean, on the that, look at this. I, uh, <laughs> now, do you think the UFC was pissed about this? I, I would. I don't. I, they might be pissed, but I don't think McGregor cares at all. No. I mean, he's talking. He's posting Instagrams talking about like if if a bare knuckle fight is in his future, like so be it. Like he's not afraid of anyone. I also love how like Mike Perry's just like, you know, like uh, you've been a big um, you've been a big inspiration for me. And he's like, I'm never retiring. Like <laughs> we'll fight one day. Like, Actually, we have a tweet of of Perry from 2020, right? Yes, calling yeah, for yeah. this when he was still in the UFC. Um, and obviously Perry would do it. I love how Perry was like quasi a fan. He's like, can I get a face off with yeah. Conor McGregor? Here's the tweet. <laughs> After I beat Robbie Lawler, this is back in October of 2020. Let's go, Conor. Notorious MMA, a stand-up fight everyone will want to see. How about that? And I don't think he was talking about BKFC at the time because he was still in the UFC. But It's like the sideshow McGregor. Uh, McGregor. It's like the sideshow Cormier Brock. You know, it's like the it's like the the carnival version of of when Brock came yes, into, the, yes. into the cage with Cormier. Well, I mean, when is Mike Perry going to get to fight for the BKFC title? That's what I want. Does he even need to? He has his own. Who cares? I mean, I I want to see him fight Who's for the a champion. And that and that I don't even know who the cha- like the BKFC thing. Who cares about the champions? Just make fun fights. He's got the platinum belt. That's the one that matters. I mean, the platinum belt. He's he's putting that over, and he's actually defending it. Unlike the uh, the BMF title. It's it's, it's apparently being defended. And the other thing that I like about what BKFC has done is technically it's boxing for the most part, but they're yep. clearly leaning towards MMA. They're, you know, they're, oh, they're, they're, sure. they're not going after the equivalent of an Eddie Alvarez or a Chad Mendes in boxing. They recognize MMA fans, just like we do with the influencer stuff, just like we do with the Jake Paul stuff. The MMA media covers it more. The fa- I don't know what it is. I think we're just like more open to freaky stuff. To be fair, they've tried some of those, but they're more in the MMA space. Like way more. we had Paulie Malinaji, yeah, Austin, Austin Trout. Trout. Like there's, yeah. you know, there's there, they, but way more in MMA. There was even a a, a boxer from a local Denver boxer on the undercard that I that I forgot, but um, they try that. But definitely the the bread and butter of Age this Vincent, is MMA. He's got you know all that stuff, sure. and sure. Uh, it's working. Now I don't know how much money they're making. I don't know if they can sustain this. I know they pay a lot to those guys. I, I hope for their sake that they can sustain it, um, but. And I don't, I don't even think this works as a monthly, excuse me, as a weekly thing. But if you're telling me like one a quarter, there's a big show like this with familiar names, because here's what they had the benefit of. We know Eddie Alvarez. We already yep. emotionally invested in him. We know Chad Mendes. We know Platinum. We know Luke. It was perfect. They didn't necessarily have to build those guys. Now, at some point, you're going to have to build your own stars. And, you know, maybe a hardcore B KFC fan will tell us they have, but no one that's really broken through. Right now, if you're able in this in this era where the UFC is a little more willing to let guys go early, 
like a Luke Rockhold, who they let go early, like a Chad Mendes, who they let go early. And what I mean by early is they didn't force them to fight out their deals. They're a little more lenient. Is that because they have this class action lawsuit and they want to show that they're not, you know, they're not having this stranglehold on the uh, on the business? Whatever it is, if BKFC is able to swoop in there and beat a PFL, a Bellator, and offer these guys one fight deals, they're going to have success like they did on Saturday. And then the and then the Connor thing was just a cherry on top. I mean, oh, like yeah. you, the stars had to align there. <laughs> And it wasn't I mean, just Connor in attendance. Connor in the freaking ring. I mean, you saw Feldman in the picture there. I mean, the guy was like, talk about a fever dream. He probably oh was God. having one too. He probably was literally in shock. I can't wait to hear what he has to say about it. Uh, I'm with you though. Like it's, it doesn't need to be a weekly thing. Like they kept showing promos for BKFC 42. I was like, don't know if I'm going to watch that. But like if every few months like a, a great BKFC card rolls around like this, I will absolutely be tuning in. I would say Conor McGregor is the Sunday and everything else was the cherry, if, if we're <laughs> Fair doing enough. an analogy. Um, and the other thing I'll say, the thing that will provide long-term sustainability, it's great, you know, the kind of the plan you've laid out that they're following to, to effect, is when they start getting fighters that are not leaving the UFC, that are not released early by the UFC, but more like Mike Perry, where the deal is up and they decide to go right. to BKFC. That, you know, like Burgos with PFL, those types of moves, those types of changes are where I think the growth will come from. Um, because that that's where you start to get momentum and fighters in their prime and saying, like, I am choosing this as an option as opposed to a, a, a default or a backup. It is gruesome, though, right? I mean, those, I, those I rock admit, hole pictures. It's not, it's not like... It's not really for me. It's not really for me. Um, it is It is a little too brutal. Um, but I think, and somebody pointed this out to me. Um, I believe it was my friend Oscar Willis. Um, the advent or the, the popularity of the slap fighting, I think, has helped BKFC um, as hmm. something where it's like, look at this. Like, when BKFC was first coming uh, into, the, into, you know, existence and, and popularity... Um, and just bare knuckle fights in general were becoming more popular. There was a lot of pushback on like the brutality and the violence, and you see it with the cuts on the faces and things like that. Um, but now that slap fighting's out, it's kind of like, hey, this is a safer alter- or this is a better alternative to even that. So I think they've actually been done a, a great service and a favor by the idea that the slap fighting exists because people can look at this with a, a little bit of new perspective and new vision. And maybe it's not um, maybe it's not lowest common denominator. Maybe there's something uh, a little more to it. Um, but I will admit, I get I get squeamish with it. It's not. It's it's tough. It's tough when you see. I mean, look at Luke Rockhold. Look at his face after that fight. My God. Um, he he got he got hurt bad. Teeth. Oh, yeah. There's something about the teeth, and and then and then the uh, the lip, the stitched up lip. Yeah. It is not a forgiving sport on the face. Like I mean, you are, you are coming with. The oh, face. look at that tooth! The tooth just like cleanly chipped too. It looked like they got indented. Oh man! Am I crazy? No, yeah, from the uh, yeah from the side angle, this angle right here, like it it kind of does look like there's like that That's gruesome stuff. That one on the left, the lip tore up too. But it yeah. seems like he's gonna keep fighting. He said uh, in that video there, maybe some gloves next time. Yeah. Imagine doing that like a Mike Perry and coming back for more three times. That was his third fight. Mike Perry seems to love it, dude. He loves the fans. (laughs) He he loves the platinum belt. He loves everything about it. And I have to say, like, Mike Perry is... Is turning into must see TV for me. Like I, I have to turn oh, it he's on. He's great. I can't, I can't wait to hear his interview today. He he posted the meme. The dog got the Mike Perry in him. I mean, that's yes. that's what it is. Like that. He's that dude. And I mean, you know, you remember uh, MVP versus um, Perry 
Like we saw MVP look as bad as he's ever looked, um, damage wise after that fight. Like this is not for everybody. Uh, to his credit, though, MVP said he'd like to give it another go, potentially against Mike Perry, maybe. Um, but this is not for everybody. You got to be a Mike Perry. You got to be like I could see who, who am I? I don't know UFC wise. Like Nate Landwehr would do great. Oh my in god! Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, you know what like, I mean. Like you he, have to he can be that talk the dude. game. He's crazy. He's durable. Like yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, there's there's a specific type of fighter that's perfect for BKFC. Yeah, and, and, and again, it it's it's um, I understand because we've we've talked about this. I've had people on to talk about this. I understand that it's a cosmetic thing. I understand that you know some people would say like the repeated blows to the head and 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 the gloves and all that. But cosmetically, you can't tell me that you show someone that and then you show someone Aljo Cejudo. And they say that the Aljo Cejudo fight is more brutal cosmetically, right? Like on the surface, you you got to be prepared to yeah. see what you're about to see. The science of it is important, and and all those things are important. But when you look at Luke Rockhold's face after that fight, you you realize it's, brutal. it's a serious business. Yeah, it's a serious business. Oh yeah, you you definitely got to know what you're getting yourself into. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was so. It was a great night great. for them. They owned the night, and uh, I'm curious to talk to the uh, the founder of BKFC and the president of BKFC about this because uh, no one more invested than him in all of this. Without further ado, let us say hello to David Feldman, who is joining us. I'm assuming still on cloud nine after what transpired in Broomfield, Colorado. We I gave it a 12 out of 10, David. Uh, GC gave it a, an 8 out of 10. I don't remember what Eric said. Could you even possibly tell me, like, how would you grade Saturday night for you? Four and a half years or so in business here to see everything that went down with the cherry on top that is Conor McGregor in your ring. How would you possibly grade that? Um, really, Ariel, it's just unbelievable. It was the best moment of my professional career. I was so happy for my team because, like, you know, the team is so overworked and they invested so much into this thing. And to see the difference in the smile of their faces that night was it was really incredible for me to see because you know they're like at the end of the night they're they're always drained they were like this is unbelievable <laughs> like the best thing that ever happened for us really um everything came together we had great fights you know bringing in these big names that are former ufc guys sometimes you wonder are they going to let it all hang out and you know chad mendez eddie alvarez like one of the best fights i've ever witnessed live ever in in my life yeah. And you're right to have that cherry on top was a uh, was a beautiful ending to that uh to that historic night for us. Incredible night with or without Connor, but the Connor thing put it over, made it viral, all that stuff. Can I ask you about that? Like, how does that happen? How does Con- you know just to be a thousand percent blunt? Because it was discussed. People asked me, did you guys pay for Connor to be there? How did it all go down? Absolutely not. We don't pay for anyone to be there. We won't. We will never do that. That's not our thing. Look. I mean, of course, Chael Sonnen worked for us. He get he oh, well, that's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We will never, we'll never ever ever do that. That's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to grow this thing organically, and you know, we're 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 in a whole different place now. That was a, uh, you know, I I as we're doing this um this growth, I always say, you know, this event could turn the corner, or that's a, that that's a turning point for us. I mean, it certainly turned for us. We you know we bet everything on this event. We we went big. And, you know, sometimes they say go big or go home. And luckily, we didn't have to go home. You know, we went big and um, it moved us up a couple notches, I believe. I, you know, never arrogant, as you know me. I'm not at all. But I think that we really parked into the number two spot in combat sports right now. Okay, so so the Connor thing, how does it happen? He tells you I'm just in the area. I want to I want to stop by. Yeah, man, we got, um, you know, we 
we were actually going to use his security before for for a few things and we were just going back and forth with them and um he said i think connor wants to come to the event and my guy dave cranston hit me up and he said uh connor mcgregor wants to come and i said great man let's let's get him he said i'm not 100 percent sure yet and we really didn't know until right before the event started that he was definitely coming and then he flew out from la and and uh flew into broomfield we picked him up and he um you know he made a an epic appearance but i mean Forget that he came, right? Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. He got into our ring and accepted a challenge. That's probably never going to happen. Let's be honest. He's under contract with UFC, but you never know what happens, right? But to accept a challenge to Mike Perry and say how much he loves this sport and it's a great sport and I have to try this and, yeah, let's do this and put on one of our BKFC belts was Unbelievable. I mean, it's something that people would pay millions of dollars for that kind of notoriety, and it happened for free for us. Where do you get the belt from? Um, actually, Lorenzo Hunt was in the audience. He's my uh, he, he's our double champ right now. Um, one eighty five and one and two hundred five, but he's given up one of those. But he he had it and he took it from him. Or Lorenzo handed <laughs> it to him. He got in the ring, and one of the statements he said, he said, "Man, I didn't even fight for this promotion yet, and I already have their belt." So that was pretty cool too. Uh, did it was you... awesome. Look, man, we worked so hard as you know you know talking to you a few times before we worked so hard man like the, nothing was gifted to us you know we climbed every bit of the way that we got here and i'm not saying we're at the top yet we're we're far from the top but everybody and i mean everybody in combat sports was talking about it yeah this week. no it's 100 percent. you you own the weekend happened. yeah that's yeah. that's 100 percent fact uh one last thing on the connor thing did you know Perry was going to do that, or was that just spontaneous? Like, I'm sure you would have been happy with just him in the in the crowd, but did you know Perry was going to call him into the ring? Well, actually, Cowboy was there, too, and, and he said, he, he said I'd like to get my get back to Cowboy. I'm going to call him out. I said, whatever you want to do, man. I, I had no idea, and I didn't think, even if he did, I didn't think that Connor would jump in the ring. And, you know, that was an amazing moment for us. It, it, it was awesome, and obviously, you know, we'll never interfere with what he's doing with the UFC, obviously, but... It was just, it was awesome. And, you know, um, a couple of my team, my guys on my team hung with him afterwards. And he just said, he said, this, this is what fighting's supposed to be. Mm. He said, this is the best thing I've ever seen in fighting. Do you think the UFC was mad about that? Yeah, certainly. I mean, <laughs> I, if one of my guys went over there and said, this is the best thing I've ever seen. and Or just know, him being I, there. Like, do you think he was mad about, they were mad about him being there? I don't know if he was mad. I, I have no idea, man. Yeah. Really, I, do you, did you hear from them? No. Nothing. Okay. And Connor gets to play by a different set of rules. <laughs> he might, but he was with my guy saying, I'm gonna get a good I'm going to get a uh, phone call any minute now. I'm okay. just waiting for that phone call. <laughs> uh well <laughs> he 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 certainly put you guys over and then did so after the fact as well, which was huge on uh on social media. Uh, you mentioned Cowboy, by the way. I, I know there was some talk of maybe Cowboy fighting on this one. Are you guys in talks with him? Um, you know, we'll probably um start talking to him, but you know, I don't I don't really know what he wants to do. He he enjoyed it. He was awesome, man. He's a class guy. Every time we see him, really good dude. Just came out and enjoyed it. We haven't talked, you know, after that at all. So we'll see if those uh if those talks elevate. But um, you know, man, it's just it was it was awesome. Yesterday was hard because you know, I wanted to go to sleep. I'm like, I want to sleep, and all I kept thinking about was man. Is this really happening to us? Like we really just went from from here to here. Yeah. Like overnight, overnight. You know, they say it, and I'm not saying that we're again the bet the biggest thing in the world, but you know, an overnight success, um, twelve years in the making. 
And it happened to us overnight on Saturday night, which was phenomenal for us, phenomenal for my team, phenomenal for the athletes that fight for me because get this kind of notoriety. It brings bigger sponsors in. It's going to bring a TV deal in very, very soon. And they're going to be able to make more money. You know, I'm all about, I really, truly am. I don't blow smoke. I'm all about the fighters, all about the team. Uh, can you tell me more about this TV deal? What are we talking about here? I mean, I got, I, I've got two on the table right now that we're, um, we're going down the road on these. Um, I, I can't mention who they are just because, you know, sure. we're, um, we're negotiating, but I think, I think we're going to get a mainstream TV deal here. Wow. Then the next uh, two months. Um, and what would that mean? There. Would that mean no more pay-per-view or just select events on pay-per-view? What, what would it look like? So I don't want to do pay-per-view. We have no other option right now. Like, I don't want to charge people for this. We have no other option. We have to fund the company, and we can only fund the company by charging right. for the event because we're not getting a rights fee. Got it. Now, do a TV deal and get a rights fee or do a TV deal and don't get a real big rights fee but be able to get big-time sponsors on board. It changes the whole entire entire trajectory of this whole thing. Oh, that would be and huge. That's, really, that's the goal for us, and it's going to happen. It's a percent going to happen and it's not you know before it was you know two years ago it was a dream and it's really going to happen like i literally watched my dream of bkfc unfold in front of the whole entire world on saturday night it was the best feeling i've ever had in my life linear deal or streaming deal linear wow okay this is huge uh and so like in 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 the future your preference would be a big event like this is prime time on TV for everyone to see, and you can, you know, get money off the TV deal, but also sponsors and things like that. So you would move away from the pay-per-view model, probably because I feel like an event like yours, correct me if, if, if this is inaccurate, for whatever reason, it's so easy to pirate now that people are just doing that, right? I saw you mention that in the post-fight presser, like, you know, well, what if we got 80,000, whatever, but who knows how many actually were watching. That's the crappy part, right? You can't really tell what you're getting. We shut down 42 uh, streaming sites on mm -hmm. Saturday night. 42, and how many more were out there? How many yeah. people streamed? But at the end of the day, it's like a double-edged sword for us. I don't ever want to endorse um, pirating, ever. But they're watching us, right? Yeah. Like, now more and more and more people are watching us. Now, in a year from now, we're not going to want that. But right now, you know, we'll take it. It's not what we want. We want them to pay for it. But they're not all going to pay for it now. And we had millions of eyeballs on us on Saturday night. It was just a phenomenal, phenomenal thing for us. You mentioned in the post-fight press conference, uh, you bet the house on this event. And I think you you mentioned to your your partner, your wife, your girlfriend, uh, we get to keep our house. And uh, someone told me that in the fighter meeting on Friday, like that wasn't just a joke. You, you actually said you refinanced your house for this event. Is that true? Listen, um, leading up to it, I did some things that I had to do to to get the funds to be able to do what I needed to do for this event. Um, you know, I had a fighter meeting. It was it was the most real emotional fighter meeting I've ever had. And it's so funny, man. Every single fighter came up to me, every single one, and they were like, Man, I want you're the guy I want to fight for. I mean, from the top to the bottom, every single one of them. They said, This is you're the kind of guy I want to fight for. You're real. Like, if you're going to bet your house on this and your life on this, I'm betting with you. You know, I mean, this isn't, we don't have um, crazy, crazy money we're going to. We're going to get this funding thing situated. We're going to, um, you know, Triller's about to go public and we're going to have a, a lot of money to blow this thing up with them. They've been a great partner so far, but, um, you know, we also had to do some things on our own and just a phenomenal, phenomenal feeling to be able to, um, you know, 
put everything in your life into this, you know, the biggest moment of our life and you want it to shine and it shined and it was just amazing. And really my team couldn't have done any better. Like my son, David, just a lot of people don't know. He's the executive producer of the show. I got Jonathan Evans, who's a director, was with HBO boxing for years. And I think our, our, our production is, you know, really up there with anything else out there. It was just a great night for everything. Our whole team really came together on this, our marketing team, like everything that could possibly have happened, right? Saturday night happened for us. Yeah, this is like Vince McMahon in WrestleMania 1. I think he did uh, something like that. This was like your WrestleMania 1 moment. I know it wasn't your your first, but like this felt like a really big deal. Um, by the way, we were mentioning before you came on, kudos to you, your son, your 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 production team. The pacing was fantastic. Like <laughs> Mendez and... and uh, and Alvarez ends, you don't go to the desk. You don't go to a package. We went right to the main event. For an old guy like me who gets tired around midnight, it was amazing. Please keep that up because I thought it was just like boom, 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 boom. You just get what drives me nuts is about some of these shows. It's like, you already got me. I, bu- I bought the show. I'm sitting there. You don't need to sell me on these fights anymore. You already got me. That's what this past week was for. I don't need the fifth package of the night on, on whatever fight this is. So kudos to you, your son, and uh, everyone involved on that. Uh, Mike Perry has found a home with you guys. He, he, in my opinion, is the face of Bare Knuckle. He, he's 3-0 now. And he just, I mean, like what he did on this show last week with Luke was fantastic. Like just the way he sells it is great. He did mention, though, this is the last fight on his deal this past one. So how confident sure. are you that you're going to be able to keep him around? 100%. I mean, we know what he's worth. We know his value. We're working on other projects together. Um, you know, look, we paid him, I don't know, 60% more than his contract so far. So we've already outpaid him what we were supposed to pay him. And he's outdelivered for us too. So it's a great partnership, right? When both people are doing more than they're supposed to do, mm. it's a great, great partnership. He's a lot of people don't know Mike Perry, you know, they see him. Sometimes he talks a little slow. He's a smart, intelligent dude, man. He gets it. He's a family guy and he looks sensational. Like he was just ripping shot, took a big shot by Luke Rockhold, got rock, came right back. Like it didn't even affect him. You know, just unbelievable guy. We will get that deal done. We'll get that deal done. With okay. Him. It was that a one fight deal with Luke? A one fight deal with Luke with an option, but um, I don't think he's going to exercise the option. Why not? I mean, he said, you know, in his post fight, uh, it was a bucket list thing. Yeah, you know, I did it. My list, bare knuckle is real. You know, it's not for everybody, and it's not for everybody. Look, it's not for every fan. It's not for every fighter. But for the fighters, it's for it's for them, man. And for the fans, it's for Ariel, man. My Instagram, the DMs I got from top fighters around the world. I can't, I'm not going to mention their names. Yeah. I don't want to get them. I mean, unbelievable. Like you won't even believe who who messaged me after that event. They all want to fight right really? now. They all want to be KFC. I'm not saying they want to leave everywhere else. They all want to give it a shot. It's you know they want to give it a shot and see what it's about. It's exciting, man. It's fast paced. It's awesome. Another big thing that you guys are doing that other promotions aren't doing, which I've said on this show, they should do the one fight deal. Come over here. Let's see how it goes. If it doesn't work out, we'll go our separate ways. But you make one big fight. And everyone's happy. Everyone wins. You don't need to lock someone down for a four-fight deal. I, I love that you're doing these one-fight deals. Is it the same with Eddie Alvarez? Was that a one-fight deal? One-fight with options, yes. You um, think he sticks around? I do. I do. You know, he's a, he's a Philly guy, man, and we and we got talking afterwards. I mean, he loved it. It was it was great, man. He loved it. There's not many guys that come in here and really don't like the experience with us. 
but we treat them like human beings. We treat them real, man. You know, I've been there before, been punched in my face. I know what it takes when they get punched in their face. I know the weight cut. I know the whole thing. I get it. And me being able to get it and understand what they're going through, I think I get I get a diff different bond with these guys. And it's just been it's been an amazing experience with all these guys. Also, just if you don't mind, I, want to, I have to give a shout out to my matchmaker, man. He put on unbelievable matches. Nate Shook. He put on some some really really great matches this time. I think this was his his, his best show ever. Shout out to him as well. By the way, where do things stand with Triller? Because I remember when you came on and said that they were buying you guys, but my understanding is that deal hasn't quite gone through. So like you're still, I think they're helping with funding, but they're not the complete owners of BKFC. Is that accurate? No, it's done. I mean they they did their deal, so we're just all collectively waiting for um this big pop to come in so we can really make some big moves, which is about to happen. But no, we're, uh, it's BKFC by trailer now. Okay. All right. Um, you, last week you were on Sirius XM and you teased a big signing that is going to like blow everyone away. Uh, I saw them tweet about it. Do you know what I'm talking about? You were on one of their shows. Um, what was the show here? Here it is. We have the tweet over here. He said, uh, quote, I have an unbelievable announcement to make at that event, which I think you were talking about the uh, Saturday event for a new big right. signing that's probably going to fight the winner of Perry Rockhold. And you said this to uh, the great Jimmy Smith. Did I miss the announcement? What happened? I, I um, The talks didn't didn't break down, but they took a step back, so I couldn't. Man, Perfect. You can you make know, the announcement here. This is great. I don't have it yet, man. If you want to bring me, I, I'll come back on when I have the deal done, and we can make it. Absolutely. How big is this? It's a good one. It's a big one. It's a it's a really it's a big big name. It's another big name. It's another one that's going to get people going wow and talking about it. You know, where I don't want to do all big big fights all the time because you can't. I mean, it doesn't make sense financially. But to do these big fights and I'll be honest, my whole team was like, you know, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like what are you doing here, man? Like this is, you know, you're putting the whole company at risk. I said, I know what I'm doing this time. I really got it. I understand all the eyeballs and it fell and when i announced the event on april 29th i was like this is unbelievable there's nothing else going on and then they announced tyson fury fighting uh. and i was like oh no what just happened and then that fight got pushed back and i was like man we own this night yeah. with this kind of part with these kind of names and it all just worked out the 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 natural fight that i think everyone wants to see for perry is him versus darren till have you talked to darren yeah. Uh, we talked to him a while ago, but then he was talking about fighting Logan Paul. But we're we're certainly going to revisit Darren Till right now. Um, I think he's a, you know, I think he has a good style for for this sport. Is is uh is that announcement Darren Till the one that you hinted? Someone else? It wasn't Darren Till. No. Okay. Yes. Uh, I, I think you would agree. Very positive chat here. I'm I'm dare I say blowing some smoke. Can I push back on one thing? Uh, yeah. can I can I push back on the Francis thing? I didn't necessarily agree with your take that he's kind of messing things up. Why do you think he's messing things up? You said that at a press conference recently that, you know, uh, he's not really, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. So correct me if I'm not, you know, saying this correctly, but like you, you, you seem to think that he wasn't handling this the right way. Francis Ngannou, of course. Can you explain? Well, I'm just saying like, here's the thing. I mean, did you see that one just pulled out of there? Um, yes, but, the, but there's more to that story. The, 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 the I, I, I'm I'm not going with him. I'm okay. just saying I just saw that. What happened at our talks is we knew we knew what he he was making, and you know I I don't even know if he's still with the same guy now. But you know we talked to his agent that was with uh, Markel. Yeah, Markel. Yeah, he's yeah. still with him. Okay, so we um we just made a significant you know an offer that was well above anything, and 
what what he wanted was well well above that and i get it i, I understand but i don't think he's going to make that if he fights a super fight i don't think that you know like francis Ngannou fighting in a, in another organization against not a not a top tier name is going to be you know worth 20 million i don't know mm-hmm. maybe it is but for me, I'm not saying he's not worth that. I'm saying for me, he wasn't worth that because I have to bring it back. Um, I'm in a position that if I make a wrong move on 20 million, my company's over. Sure, right? of course, no. But these other companies, you know, they can take a risk on 20 million. I can't. So for me, it, it wasn't worth it for us. Was that what he was asking for? Not 20, but I mean, high numbers, real high numbers. I, mean, I heard from other people that, you know, he was talking in that range but i mean look he 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 put a lot into this um in the combat sports and you know he made his decision to step away from the ufc and try to do things um and do different things for fighters which i really respect that but at the end of the day is you know soon i'm not saying just with francis but with all these guys like if you wait too long you're sure. hot right? you're hot you got to strike when you're hot and then when you people aren't talking about you anymore then or not talking as much about you anymore, it can affect you. Like when COVID hit, nobody was talking about us. So I said, we got to do a show and nobody wanted to do a show. And I said, no, we're doing a show because nobody's talking about us. And if this thing lasts for another year, nobody's going to talk about us and we're out of business. Right. So he did something. And that's all I'm really saying. I'm not saying what he's worth. Just to me, he wasn't worth that. Um, is there a case to be made, you know, maybe one a quarter where you, you, you know, obviously the, the, the purses for this one was probably a lot more than your your typical event, but you do one of these massive events for now. Like, is this is this a, a model that you're going to try to replicate? Given the success of Saturday, has this kind of changed the way you're going to do things? Like one big show every whatever, and then some smaller shows. Certainly, we're looking to do four a year like this right now. Love it, and could do a little bit more. I mean, it just depends on the star power that comes over because, you know, I think. It really opened the door for us on Saturday night. I think, you know, these what the fighters, uh, especially Eddie and Chad, talked how good that the company treats them. Um, Mike Perry talks really, really great about us. Um, and I think that that's going to encourage fighters to come over here. Plus, look, you're fighting for 10 minutes. You're not fighting for 15 or 25 minutes, you know, and you're getting paid comparable or, or more money. Right. Did you enjoy working with Luke? Yeah. He, Luke was cool to work with. You know, at the end, we had a little hiccup about uh, his rehydration. But other than that, I mean, look, he talked great about the company. He talked great about, you know, the freedom. He talked great about everything. So he would, you know, he would, it, it was a good experience with Luke. Was there a rehydration clause? There was. For Luke, what was it? It was 10%. 10%. 10%. And he didn't like that? Oh, well, it's not that he didn't like it. He was... He, you know, our team um, probably didn't communicate properly to him. And he thought everybody had a rehydration clause which ah. wide. And it was really just set for that fight. So just a little miscommunication. But we fixed it. And, you know, he made it work. We made it work. And he, look, he went out there and fought his ass off. Well, yeah. I mean, he he came out to fight his ass off. But, he you know, he, he got his, his teeth cracked. So he, he chose not to continue. And you know, I respected that decision. Uh Great little nugget there from you, and not great, but like it's it's fascinating after what happened on Saturday and how you know the I was I was looking at you especially with the Connor part. I was like, man, I can't even imagine what David is thinking right now. Like you are probably thinking that this is some sort of fever dream. How close were you to actually shutting down during COVID? Like to think about that to here we are three years later and and what Saturday meant for you. But like just to go back to that that thing you just said, 
how close was it to actually coming to an end because of everything shutting down? It wasn't like it was going to happen in the next couple of weeks or months, but it was that nobody was talking, right? And yeah. Talking, then my, you know, guys I was getting a little bit of money off of, they were getting disinterested because nobody was talking. Look, the reason why this thing was able to keep floating is everybody keeps talking about it. Right. So then everybody keeps talking about there's interest. There's never been this much interest in it ever. Like this is unbelievable after, after, after uh, Saturday night, but we were, I'm not saying we were close like any day, but you know, if this, if that thing would have lasted, you know, if we didn't do an event for another six or nine months, we, you know, we could have had a hard time. When's your next big one? Um, we're, we're targeting, uh, August 11th, I believe is the date. And who, who would be, who would be the main event for that? You're a great investigator. (laughs) (laughs) TBD. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations on an amazing night. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a ton of fun. As you can see, it's pretty much the BKFC hour on the program today. So, uh, you know, that's a reflection. And And really, uh, really, thank you, man. Thank you for the platform. You've always been good to us. You've always been good to my fighters. I really appreciate it, Ariel. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Congrats. Enjoy it. And uh, looking forward to the next big one from you guys. Take care. All right. There he is, uh, David Feldman. Huge night for him. Uh, Still on cloud nine. And uh, rightfully so. When the stars align like that, especially for an upstart, nothing better. One of the big players on Saturday's card, our old friend, Big Ben Rothwell, who had quite the battle with uh, Josh Copeland. Back and forth they went. In the end, he won via TKO, corner stoppage, uh, third round. He's now 2-0. and This one went a lot longer than his first fight, which only lasted 19 seconds. Let's go and say hello now to Big Ben, who's joining us. Ben, how are you, my man? I'm a little sore. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate uh, you joining uh, us, despite the fact that you are sore. Congratulations on the win. It's a good look, man. I feel like you're the kind of guy who actually likes this look, like you embrace this look. Am I wrong? Uh, over the years, man, it's just, I would like to start showing that I don't have to get hit necessarily, you know, uh, and win these fights. The, the crazy thing is most of this right here, was done by two punches in the first 10 seconds of the fight. Oh, man. Now, he hit me with some smaller shots through the fight, but literally most of this damage was done right away. He caught me a little bit off. I was slow the first round. He took advantage. I felt very much like my last fight in UFC. I mean, I cannot let that happen um, because these are heavyweights, man. They only need to get one or two in. Um, he he sliced it, and then he come around with a hook and smashed it. Like, man, what a way to start a fight. So kind of woke me up a little bit and I got into my groove the first round and uh yeah I sat down and I'll tell you the first time I sat down I had one minute to get my shit straight and I go you're about to blow it man you're a negative 600 favorite which I hate by the way I absolutely hate that I hate that kind of pressure but it's just like it's just a greater fall you lose this fight and you're going to be the talk of the biggest loser and I'm like this everything in my head like dude I need to win I have a set amount of fights left in front of me, and I'm, I need to win them all so I can walk away complete. And I sat on that stool, and I had to get it right, and I, I, I said, I know what I have to do. And the next two rounds, you've you seen yeah, I implemented myself. At any point, did you panic? It wasn't panic. You can't have panic. You can't have panic. Uh, you know, you're going to be in some serious trouble. It was more or less just realization and, just saying, hey, we've came to Denver for a month. Like, this is what did you come for? You left your whole family. 
And I had only a minute. I'm telling you, it goes that fast. And I just, you know, I got everybody screaming this and that. And I just had to block everything out. It's learning to be calm, but aggressive. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like kind of putting that, that, that both, keeping those both entities together uh, was tough. What's interesting about it is your debut only lasted 19 seconds. So it was like the perfect scenario, right? In and out. Here you really felt it. Like you you got the full bare knuckle experience. After going three rounds, did you enjoy it? That's it, I learned a lot. Um, believe me, I've been doing this sport for 20, you know, combat sports. Combat sports for 23, 24 years now. <clears throat> yeah, and even in that quick 15-second fight, my right hand still was sore. And I was like, man, I was... I was thinking about the old days. You look at an MMA, I have two nights in one fight, you know, a bunch of tournaments. Uh, one time I fought three times in one weekend. And I think about this, I'm like, there's absolutely no way any of that would happen. I'm like, you, you know, you get, I won the fight and was like done. Like, you know, after this fight, there was no fight. I'm like, I'm out for, I'm out for a week here. My hands, I've always prided how hard my hands are. Dude, they're they're sore, man. My sore, my hands are wrecked right now. Wow. So it's a it's it's a different experience. It's 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 nothing like I've ever done before in my life. And do you think you broke your hands? No, they they got X-rayed. Um, the crazy thing is, in the first round, I told Dave Feldman, I got him up on stage. I'm like, hey, you know what the crazy thing is? Both my biceps, I don't know, like I tore something, but in the first round. I felt something also in my arm. So when you talk about panic, it definitely could have panicked. Um, my arms are a little bit hurt. I don't know what 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 happened um, at all, but I wasn't 100%. I would say I was throwing with 50%. Wow. And uh, it was rough. Um, but again, I had to sit down in the stools. I had all these things going on, like my arms, my cut. I'm like, dude, just, you got to go out and do this. You know, I just, I just, it was that's where the heart comes in. Um, I just, I just looked on all my years of doing this and I got up and just went out and did it. More dangerous MMA or bare knuckle. That's a good, I know it's a big argument point. People keep criticizing bare knuckle. Yes, it is inherently dangerous. Combat sports are dangerous, but how can you compare a, a guy, my size throwing a head kick, a head, a shin to the head, an elbow, a knee, Falling, having your arm dislocate, a submission that a guy, a ref doesn't get to quick enough. You know, a heel hook. People don't understand how dangerous the heel hook is. That's that's career ending. I think MMA is extremely, extremely dangerous. And I just think we kind of like don't talk about how dangerous it is. Combat sports is dangerous. Bare knuckle is exciting. That's what we need to focus on. It is do that crowd. I have never in my life been around a crowd like that. We know Vegas is fight town. What's number two? I'm gonna say Denver. Wow. My God, the energy in that arena. Ariel, I've never, I've had some big wins in the UFC. Yeah. I cannot believe the fans reaching out to me after the show. It's, 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 dude, I try to get to all my messages. I can't right now. It's so many. Wow. It's going to take me a couple days here. You know, I try to make sure I just put a, a heart on all the cool comments yeah. so people know that I appreciate it and I read it. I love the fans. Man, this is like something I've never experienced before. Fair enough to say that this kind of exceeded your expectations? Like when you signed with Bare Knuckle, did you think it would be this? Like, do you think you'd get this kind of love and 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 feedback after your fights? I try to be wise and not have expectations because you just set yourself up for failure. But real quick, and Dave said, Chad and Eddie and Mike uh, talk about how good the company is. Hey man, Dave, 
This is about prize fighting. Dave has given me some very good prizes to fight for. Mm. Dude, I love it. I told him, like, dude, I'm I'm good, man. I'm going to fight for as much as you can and retire here. Like, BKFC, this is an incredible thing to be a part of. I mean, what the man's done is just nothing but short of amazing. Because, like, he he likes to talk about it. Five years ago, people were had nothing good to say about what he was doing. Now, where I think we are, what, the num- we got to be the number one talked about combat sport this weekend. Mm. So... For me, it was all these awesome things just to be a part of this event. You know what I mean? What what an event. When he told me back in the beginning of the year, I was like, hey, man, I'm going to get a fight. And he told me about this. I'm like, I'm in. I'll wait. This is worth it. And the guys that I got to fight with, I mean, they're all legends. You know what I mean? Every All, the, 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 all four of the fighters of the Cohen Maine, legendary, you know? And so uh, this was awesome, man. He told us that he got emotional on Friday at the fighter meeting. Could you tell us about that? Who got emotional? Feldman. He said he talked about his house, refinancing his house, and 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 everything he's been through. Were you at that fighter meeting when he t- he said he got super emotional? Yeah, yeah. Well, right before the show. Yeah. Oh. He said he took out two mortgages. Yeah. And, like, dude, he'd like talk about putting your everything into it. I mean, that's nothing but respect. Um, oh, that's no. amazing. I, 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 dude, I hope like the other companies. You know, it's like they they got this that and like not giving enough to the fighters and like all that negative like this i hope dave gets all the millions of money he needed from this like i hope he got it all man because he's 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 kicking some back to us you know he's making us excited to fight for him too and he keeps putting back into his company uh i dude i I hope this thing blows up man like like never before i think saturday definitely put it in the right direction how many how many more fights do you have with them on contract i got one more I'd like to hope that it's going to be more than that. Yeah, uh, I would think so as well. Your Both of your fights have been incredibly entertaining for different reasons. One was super short, but this one was super fun as well. Um, you fought in Denver before, Colorado before, when they told you, like, this is going to be a great card, but you got to go back there. Were you a little bit like, oh, man, this elevation stuff? Yeah, because I'm big. You know, yeah. you talk to Eddie Alvarez, he's like, yeah, elevation doesn't bother me. When you're my size... You know, they, the, the, the one, this one guy, he's a, like a doctor, smart guy. He broke it down. He's like, yeah, you and Eddie's heart are relatively the same size. You're two very different sized human beings. Like your heart, your lungs don't pump as much blood through you know, someone in your frame as massive. He's like, you a hundred percent made the right call coming here. Really? I just knew it was going to be tough because I had to leave my family and I had to be there. In fact, I could have, you know, I, I could have easily spent another couple of weeks there or more you know what I mean? I just, I did what I could and thank God I did. Cause if I didn't and just went the week off, it would have been a disaster for me. Uh, how many kids do you have now? So my daughter's turns 21 in six days. Uh, I have a little boy, it's two. And then I have a little baby girl on the way in August. Man. So how, how difficult was that for you for, you know, you, you didn't see them the entire time you were away from them the whole time. Oh, do we lose Ben? I was just, you know, every time I note mentally that the connection is great, it always stops. I just, I'm going to need you to stop. Yeah. Those mental notes. I was just like, man, look how crystal clear he is. Nice lighting. You can see his face. You know, it's a little cut up, of course, but. Any chance the question made him. Which one? Oh, about missing his family? He's like, you know what? Yeah, I do miss my family. What a great guy, Ben Rock. We'll get him right back. Ah, what a lovely guy. Really enjoy talking to him. And uh, a big win for him over Josh Copeland. Afterwards, he called out, 
Alan Belcher, remember Alan Belcher? Once fought here in uh, in Newark as well, way back in the day. Uh, who is their heavyweight champion? Fought in the UFC at 185. Their heavyweight champion over at BKFC. And so we'll see if they make that fight. It feels to me like he's way bigger than Alan Belcher, but uh, maybe they'll meet at a certain weight. He's back. I, yeah, I think he mentioned something. Anyway, we'll we'll talk to him. There he is. You're back. You, I don't know why why that happened. I don't know. Yeah, they were they were uh, hypothesizing. Frank was that uh, you didn't like my question about being away from your family. You hung up. No, it isn't it was their fault. That was their fault. It's always their fault. Yeah, I got I I have I have full bars. Mm. I pay for the most expensive yeah. internet. No, it's crystal clear. It's crystal clear right now. It's fan, it's been crystal clear. It is <laughs> probably Frank touched something. Um, no problem. No problem. Was that hard though? So being away from the family, yeah. of course. I mean, like any. Yeah, it's tough. Tough is for my wife. So yeah. I fell for my little guy is a maniac right now. He's a handful. He's awesome. He's hilarious, but he's super high energy. Yeah. And she's pregnant. Oh my. And she had her hands full. God bless her. I've married her for a reason, you know, <laughs> 20 years with her. and uh, She's awesome. She's my rock. Uh, well, it, it was all worth it. And now here you are, you win this fight and you called out Alan Belcher which was interesting because uh, I think casual, you know, BK fans, but MMA fans would remember Alan Belcher as the 185-pound fighter. He's now their heavyweight champion? Yeah, yeah, he's their heavyweight champ. They're, I mean, they put him on the screen, and kind of, I kind of feel like I got called out and kind of back felt, in the corner. You so. felt like they were, like, trying to force this, like, will this into existence? Well, I mean, they put him on the big screen, <laughs> and then the announcer asked him, Oh, yeah. Well, okay, well, we're doing this. We're doing this now. Did you not want to you know, do it? Uh, no, I'm, dude. Hey, I got He's the champ. Like, right. I'm gonna fight him or somebody. You know, I tell you, he doesn't. He's not too keen on fighting me. Why is that? Uh, his attitude, man. He's just. Uh, he's kind of not who I thought he was. He's uh, having problems. He kind of like you know, he's a talented fighter, but outside of it, he's just. Staying, kind of saying some really silly shit to me. He's, he's running to me a couple times. He's saying stuff that I'm like, are you serious right now? What's he saying? What's he saying? And, uh, just he's, he's, He has a problem with the weight class. Oh. So that's a big problem. He's like, He goes, I'm 220 pounds. I go, that's your problem. Yeah. I go, get out of the heavyweight division then. Go, what you, what's your problem? What, what, what is the heavyweight limit? It's 285? That's I've been proposed to. So there's this big thing going on right now about that whole thing because each state commissions it differently or they're saying different weight classes so far most of the states i talked to were like hey it's whatever bkfc says um we'll take after boxing but then some of the states apparently don't do boxing or mma so they don't know how to regulate it so they don't know if they should use this weight class or that whatever the case is dave and i said he goes can you be 285 like i'll be 285 make that your limit I'll be 285, and then that's it. It's settled. So I'm like, Belcher, that's the weight limit. I'll be 285, dude. You're the champ of this division. You got to fight me now. So shut up about it. Wow. How much did you weigh on Saturday? <laughs> you mean Friday at Wayne's? Well, no, no. Friday I, at Wayne's, I was 287. 287. How much do you think you weighed on Saturday? I'm a 300-pound guy right now. Oh, nice. That. How much do you think Josh weighed? Josh weighed in with his pants on. It was like two. 72 okay so he was he was at least 265 hey let me tell you man i hope josh hears this 
I think outside of me, he cleans out most of the division of BKFC heavyweight. I don't think anybody gave that guy respect for how freaking tough he is. No, I mean, he showed it on Saturday. It was incredible. Um, back and forth, you guys went, and some massive shots. I mean, you're big boys. But do you think, like, you could fight at 300 pounds and, and, and Belcher would be, like, 220-something? If it's 285... Well, by the time I, you I'm rehydrate, be with you, you, you'd get to 300. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I, you know, come on, man. I'm not ripped. I think I can I can do myself a favor and cut down a little bit. During the UFC tenure, though, I was walking around at 280, 285 most of the time. Okay. I think it's okay. I can, I can get down there. And then I don't have to worry about cutting weight and just, just I'm still be 285 pounds. I'm just, I think it's still dangerous. Well, if they want you to fight for the belt, then they're obviously going to resign you, right? Because they're not going to put you in a title fight on the we last. Well, that's the plan here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Over making Dave happy. And, uh, so there's no part of you that wants to go back to MMA or anything like that. You are happy, BK. No. You're good. I'm good, man. I love boxing. I love bare knuckle fighting. And or if boxing, they throw that into the mix or that is on the table, I'd be down for that too. Do you train MMA at all anymore? I have a fight team. I have to help them. I mean, obviously, guys pick my brain for. I think I'm really good at teaching no gi jiu jitsu. Obviously, I didn't show my skill set in MMA enough. It's it's disappointing. It's sad. But as a coach, I I'm, I think my guys appreciate my knowledge and how much I know. And uh, so I, I sometimes I get down. I have to show them the guard, show them some jujitsu. Um, I also my main training partner is a D1 wrestler. So between me and him, we try to make sure the guys get everything they need. Why didn't you show your skill set enough? Good question, Ariel. It cost me it cost me some losses. Cost me some big big money in the UFC. You know, not using my clinch enough, not hitting my takedowns, not using my jujitsu. You know, I think my jujitsu alone, I just still to this day end a lot of the heavyweight division. I'll never forget your submission in Newark. That probably, I mean, that was one of the greatest ones ever. Thank you. It was a big one. It was a I mean, huge who, one. Who submits Josh Burnett? Especially like that. Nobody. Nobody. Especially like that. I love <laughs> the fact that you can be yourself, that you can you can wear whatever you want. You can really embrace your personality in bare knuckle. It seems like, just like Mike Perry, this is like the perfect place for you. And sa- could you tell on Saturday that this... Feldman was talking about, and he's obviously been so close to it, like this this was the the apex, at least for now, of everything that he's tried to build. After the fight, were you able to even watch those last two fights and, and appreciate what was going on, or were you so banged up that you couldn't do that? Um, I was I was around. My adrenaline was up. I wish they would have uh, showed the stats. We have to do a concussion test. So at weigh-ins, you have to count these numbers. Okay. And, and everybody's numbers are off because we're all cutting. The guys are cutting weight and they're complaining. So I had a 48 second. The night of, you do it right after your fight. Mine was 40 seconds. And I'm willing to bet I had the fastest on the card. And what is this test? So what I'm saying is I was I was, I was on. I was alert. And, and uh, I was up and I had adrenaline going still. So I got to see some of Eddie and Chad. I didn't get to see all of it. But, I man, I, I got to see the last couple rounds. What a great fight. Um, those, you know, both two amazing athletes. And then obviously I got to come out into the, out into the arena. I had to watch Perry and, uh, wow. I couldn't believe what was going on. You know what I mean? That was a hell of a finish. Did you hang out with Connor afterwards? Didn't get, no, he was, uh, he had like a bubble of super protection. And 
Yeah, I didn't get I didn't get within fucking ten feet of him. Oh, all right. Well, it was still great for but the super promotion. Cool. Yeah. What? Oh man, what an awesome! As soon as I see him there, and then he got in the ring, I'm like, I'm just telling everybody around. This is amazing. How how cool of him to come and do this? Put eyes on us. I noticed on Twitter recently you retweeted. I think it was the eleventh eleventh um, anniversary of your win over Brendan Schaub. You retweeted something about that. <laughs> PF Kings, brother. PF Kings. <laughs> you're a homeless cat homeless cat are you one man you're setting me up no i don't <laughs> i just don't know if you are i wasn't sure last time there was a pf chang reference i wasn't sure if that was catnip or it was just like i wasn't you know i was just trying to confirm i'm still a little bit homeless man i'm like not quite all there yet <laughs> You dabble? Is it is it leaking? What's going on with your eye? Yeah. It's leaking. All right. Wow. That's your knuckle, baby. By the way, what does your son say when he sees you? <laughs> does he like it or we, does he we freak out? With roars and, and noises. Do you, does he get like is he scared of you or is he No, no, he loves it. Okay. He loves it. Like I said, he's 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 something else. And it was the coolest thing that I had is Mike Perry comes. He's like, yo, Ben, we're talking in the back room, wherever we were. I got to see your family, man, at the hotel. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. He's like, hey, I met your son. Your son's like, ah, ah. I'm like, you really met my kid, yeah. man. That's awesome. Did you bring him to the fight? Yeah, they came. We bought a suite. Okay. So it was awesome. My dad has Parkinson's, um, which is sad, you know, but uh, I don't know how many times he's going to get to see me fight. So we got a suite. My mom and dad got to come. Little guy got to come. My family's up there. They were comfortable. And I got to put on a great performance for them. So your son watched and you live. For me, this was cool. What's that? Your son watched you live. Yeah. He was okay with that. He didn't freak out. No. It cool as cool as, you know, he he only they hadn't he only got to see me in the middle of the month. They they came for the weekend. They got to see me a couple days. And then I didn't see him again for two weeks. They said he was quiet at Wayne's. He was just doing his thing. And they said, I came on stage and he's like, da, da, da. And he started screaming. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. That is amazing. Well, congratulations, Ben. Very happy for you. 2-0 and now in BKFC. I hope you get that title shot. That'd be a lot of fun. And, and more importantly, I hope you get a new deal with them because uh, you know, you're one of those guys that I think has helped put them on the map over the last year or so. And your fights have delivered. So well done. Congrats. And thanks, as always, for coming on. I, dude, as you know, as you know, man, it's an honor to be on, and thank you so much for for bringing all, making us the BKFC hour. This is incredible. <laughs> yes, that is thank a, you, thank you. There he is, uh, Ben Rothwell, joining us. Big Ben, legend of the game. Always love talking to him. And yes, it does feel like the uh, the BKFC hour, and so we will uh, we will keep that train rolling along. In a moment, uh, we're going to be joined, hopefully, by Eddie Alvarez. Still to come one Platinum Perry and Aljamain Sterling, the bantamweight champion of the UFC. First, though, yes, as New York Rick said, it's a very busy weekend coming up in combat sports with UFC. So we got UFC 288. We've got the one fight night event in Broomfield, same arena as the BKFC card, which is crazy. Actually, Wednesday, there's Invicta, also in Denver. Colorado's become the epicenter of... uh, of the fight game. So you've got Invicta on Wednesday. You've got one fight night 10 on Amazon prime on Friday. You've got rise in 42 
on Saturday morning, midnight Eastern, and you've got UFC 288. In addition to that, Canelo's homecoming against John Ryder in Mexico on Saturday night. In addition to that, WWE Backlash, hosted by the great Bad Bunny, live from Puerto Rico on Saturday night. That's a lot of stuff. In addition to all the crazy sports going on, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Kentucky Derby as well, right? Isn't the Kentucky Derby on Saturday? Yeah. Are you into that? Oh, yeah. I love the Kentucky Derby. You bet on it? Yeah, pretty much every year. How will shackle down on a couple horses. Really? Who's the favorite? I have no idea. (laughs) Got to dive in. Mm. Kentucky Derby's a fun one, right? Because isn't it like two minutes long? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Real quick. Never been a big fan. Really? I had a friend who... A couple men juleps. Have you been? No, 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 no. But I'd love to go. Tickets aren't that expensive. Like 100 bucks. Have you been to Belmont? No. Another thing I would love to do. I feel like you're the kind of fan you like. You get all in. Um, you'll make Hats. yourself a mint julep at home. Oh yeah, just yeah, to yeah, watch yeah. it. During the pandemic, when they did the fake uh, virtual oh, yeah. one, I had some mint juleps. You did good stuff. Oh yeah, oh, yeah I love it. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of mint. You ever uh, bet on dog racing? No, nah, no. Nah. Had a friend who went to dog racing over the weekend. Wow. Like greyhounds. Yeah. Wow. Like Simpsons esque. Wow. Remember that Santa's little helper first episode. Get no. the dog. Get the best. Um, anyway, uh, so all that is happening this Saturday uh, and, and this weekend as well. But Saturday in particular is a crazy one. So stay tuned. This past Saturday, though, was great for BKFC because they were pretty much the only game in town. Uh, they were the biggest event and everyone was talking about them afterwards. And one of the reasons why they were talking about them was because of the co-main event. Eddie Alvarez making his BKFC debut, the underground king against Chad Mendez, a sort of dream fight, if you will, never fought in MMA. And uh, Eddie prevailed, and what a freaking fight it was. I mean, all 10 minutes of the action, fantastic. They were worth every single penny that they paid him, and then some, if you ask me. Let's talk to Eddie Alvarez about his first experience in the BKFC ring. Eddie, thank you so much for doing this. I have to ask you off the bat, how are you feeling after your first BKFC fight? Can you hear me? Uh Feel uh, swollen. <laughs> um, not, I'm, I'm not terrible on my my hand. I, I, yeah, it's breaking a little bit here and there. Okay, can can you hear me now? It's like you're pausing and stuff. Hmm. Now, can you hear me? Is that? Yeah, I can hear you now. All right, let's let's see. Maybe it uh, it it buffered up. So you're telling me you're, you're swollen? Just my my hands are swollen, but I don't think anything's broken because I can I can move like that. I got a, I got some, a uh, couple, few cuts in my eyebrow, but I don't know that, you know, not nothing structural. Like I'm golden, man. I'm ready. Once this swelling goes down, ready to get in again. Uh, Let's get it again. Uh, like, like injury wise and experience wise, gruesome wise. Like, was this what you expected? It's what I expected. I expect it. And I told you, I think I told you, I told other people, um, I seen this as, less harmful than MMA. And um, when people see our faces after the fight or see fighters' faces or see our hands, they go, oh, man, that's this is all superficial. Like This will be gone within 10 days or two weeks. My eye will be gone within 10 days or two weeks. There's nothing structural. Um, I'm, I'm ready to go. And on top of that, the camp was like not nearly as strenuous as an MMA camp. So 
Um, yeah, a lot of cuts, a lot of uh, superficial stuff that goes on, a lot of swelling, but a hell of a hell of an experience. You enjoyed it. Would that be fair to say? I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. I did. And uh, as dangerous as Chad is, um, I just, uh, I don't know. I feel like once he put me down, it kind of reminded me, hey, you're in a fight and uh, you got to be on your P's and Q's. And it's really, you're you're so present because of any shot inside of there. It's a dog fight. Any shot. Like any one of us can get each other in there. Um, it's really, that's what makes it so exciting. One shot can end everything. And you got two minutes and, and you get a minute rest. Like, I don't know. I think the way the rules are set and the way how much time you fight really makes it for like an action-packed fight from, from top to bottom. Oh, it was amazing. And I, I saw in the post-fight press conference, you talked about the five-minute rounds in MMA. And you're like, we're kind of used to this, but people don't realize just how insane it is to fight for five minutes. Would you say, like, after experiencing this, you're like, oh, this is so much better. Even though you're getting punched, like, bare knuckle and all that, so much better, right? It was like a snack, yeah, because the ratio, the rest ratio in MMA, I think, is, you know, what, you fight five minutes, you get a minute of rest, like 20%, is that the ratio? Yeah. So, like, here, it's almost, it's damn near 50%, and 100%, like, you're getting a whole minute rest just for two minutes to work. When I go back out there, when I went back out there, every round I was fresh as a daisy as if it was round one again. So what that allows, it allows me to keep myself safe, number one, allows me to listen to my coaches clear and fight like at a at a um high intensity that the fans want. So like you're getting a fresh guy, fresh athlete every single round, not someone who's dying out, gassed out. Like, I don't know. I just think having fighters who are fresh and energetic and not, not fatigue. Um, you know, it, it, it prevents a lot of really bad things from happening. You have fought all over the world for every promotion under the sun. I'm just wondering like on Saturday at any point in the back, in the locker room, in the hotel, were you like, what the hell am I about to do? What have I gotten myself into? Like, did you ever doubt this decision because of how crazy it seems from afar, bare knuckle fighting? No, I, I, I would, I'd be lying to you to say I didn't feel like that every fight, every mm. fight. I have, I have the uh, same fears and anxieties that fighters have in the hotel room the night before, all that um, bad imaging, bad visualization, like something bad could happen to me. That goes on no matter where I fight. It could be boxed and I could be, I could be racing someone tomorrow and my competitiveness just that, um, that's that's what happens to me. It doesn't matter. I don't look at bare knuckles anything less more dangerous than anything else I did. It, it's this shit is all dangerous, all of it. MMA, boxing, bare. It's all dangerous. You can't take one and go. That's more dangerous. They're all fucking dangerous, like mm-hmm. really dangerous. So as long as you cope with that and say you're okay with that, then you can move forward and and compete at a high level. If you try to uh, Go against that and be like, oh, man, this one is more. No, it's not. This is all dangerous. What a fight it was, though. Like, both you guys rocked each other, big shots, went the distance. At any point, were you worried that he might stop you? Were you ever, like, seriously dazed at any point? 
I was, I made friends with that before I went inside the cage. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I never thought he'd, I never thought I'd go out. So I really like the rules where you can get knocked down and get up as many times as you can. That's my, that's me. That's my style. That's what I've done my whole career. I've made friends with being knocked down. Um, I, I, there was a point in my career where I was trying to resist it and say, Hey, how can I get more defensive to not get knocked down? I just said, Oh, fuck it. I get knocked down. I don't know. It happens to me. So I get knocked down. I get my stand in eight. I get a little rest and I get right back in it. I'm fine with getting knocked down. And I, I said that in the lead up to the fight, Chad's probably going to put me down. I'm okay with that. I'm going to get up and I'll continue to fight until I put him down. So like, I don't know. I don't, I think especially in this sport, there's just so small margin for error to go in there thinking you're going to have a false victory is just silly. Mm. It's silly because you got to know I'm going to get cut. I'm going to get punched. I'm probably going to get dropped. I got to keep my focus. I got to land my combination, stick to my game plan and get after my guy. Like there's, you're going to take damage. This sport is this sport in particular, bare knuckle. It's for the dogs of the sport. It's not for the athletes. The athletes don't belong in bare knuckle. It's the dogs of the sport who belong in this, in, in, in this, uh, arena. What, 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 a what an endorsement that is. Um, and 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 just curious, like you know, you're going back and forth with this guy. I'm assuming you expected something like that, as you just alluded to. You you get to the end. I was I had no idea how they were going to score this. What did you think? Yeah, a split decision you get, and I think you said in the presser you would have been okay with a draw. What were you thinking in your mind? Yeah, I was I was fine with a draw. I think when I go back and watch the fight, I think the fifth round won me the fight. I got I got after him um, pretty good in the fifth. But uh, it, we, I mean, we were even the whole time. Like Chad, Chad's a fucking cannon man. He, he's a beast, and I would I would have been totally fine with a draw. If they caught a draw. It'd be great. It would have been as equally as a great night as if they gave me a win. I thought I always think when I go in there, my my job isn't to win. It's not to win. Like I've obsessed about winning my whole life and it's not fun obsessing about winning. So like my job is to fight like a tireless champion, like a dog and then have the fans go absolutely crazy. And if I can get that out of the fans, then I won. We all won. So like sometimes it's just about having that opponent to be able to get them fans to do that. And Chad was that opponent that night um, to be able to win the fans. Uh, been a while since you last fought. Did you feel rusty at all in there? No, and a lot of people talk about that, but I, I'm really aware of that I haven't fought in a while. And all I do when I know that is I just put a lot of sparring rounds in. Like I get, I get that shit out of me in the camp. Hmm. I'm aware that I haven't fought in two years. Like some people go, oh, you haven't. No, I fight. I might not be doing it. I might not be making a walk, but I make, I've been making that walk my whole life. It's not going to be like, oh, I'm scared of this moment. I've, I've had that moment. Um, it's more about just getting in the inside of um, the train, the practice facility and training and getting them sparring rounds in to find my timing again, find my speed again, find my combinations. And like, that's all we did. We just put extra sparring rounds in, like a lot of rounds, a lot of guys, 
me and Coach Mark Henry and uh, Coach Ray Robinson, we went to uh, foreign places inside of like we went to Jimmy Rivera's gym out in New Jersey. It's uncomfortable going to someone else's gym and sparring them. We made ourselves uncomfortable. Like I got all that out of me during the training camp. So like. little things that or whatever people want to call it i get that shit out of me like quickly in the training camp uh your vi- your video froze uh from okay now you're back um you, what's what's interesting about that is you mentioned sparring a lot and i don't often hear about people sparring before these so how do you spar for bare knuckle obviously you're using you're wearing gloves right how big are the gloves that you're wearing yes sparring gloves Okay. I didn't like as far as the fight itself. As far as the fight itself, um, so all my training I did was with no just hand wraps. Wow. So all my all my um, all my mitt work, bag work, shadow boxing, anything outside of sparring was done without gloves. So I could find my speed, find my timing with no gloves at all, not having twelve ounce or sixteen ounce on my hands. Cause you need to find that there's a weirdness to having nothing. Right. Um, so all my training went to that sparring in order to stay safe and make it to the fight. We wear 16 ounce sparring gloves. Um, and what I was told by, by people who, you know, already fought Jimmy Rivera and a few other guys, um, was, Hey, it's a boxing match. Treat it like a boxing match. There's going to be some weird nuances in the clinch because you're allowed to hold the head and, and they don't break it up in a clinch. That's that's the only difference and weirdness to it is there's a small cage and there's a clinch that goes on. And you need to be aware that they're not going to stop the action in the clinch. It's going to continue to go. And um, that's that's one adjustment we made. And one other one was uh, Coach Mark Henry made me fight inside of like a maybe a 17-foot ring. It was like a... Uh, I, I, I sparred over at uh, NPR that's in, in my local town and um, great, great gym, great, great uh, coaches and everything there. But they have a small little ring off to the side, probably 15, 17 foot at best. And uh, we sparred inside there and you have to be high volume. You have to be eyes wide open, ready for action every single second of the round. When did you realize that Conor McGregor was sitting in the front row? Um, I heard them say Conor McGregor's here. Like I like kind of, I was in the back, kind of warming up, and I was just like, nah. Like I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like I don't. I'm like maybe I just maybe maybe I just like am like hearing something or whatever. Then they called me out on deck in the back, and I'm. Like they're like you're next, you're next. So get on deck. So I'm I'm backstage by myself. They separate my coaches from me and they leave. And they're like, ladies and gentlemen, Conor McGregor. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing here? <laughs> but um, pretty awesome. I'm like, look, I already thought that this was going to be BKFC's coming out party, right? Yeah. Because of Perry, Luke, myself, Chad, like just massive names. I already felt like the buzz and the press around it was huge. But then I just started seeing, you know, Connor showed up, uh, Kamara Usman showed up, Gaethje, Cowboy. I'm like, holy shit. Like, 
now you got your fighters fighters watching right, you know, right and they're in attendance so it's like huge event monster event and i feel like me and chad uh the biggest thing i can compare it to is when ufc had the stefan bonner forrest griffin moment me and chad just did that for bkfc and and um I'm, i was happy to because they gave me a platform and they gave me an opponent and they they uh it was really cool and dave feldman he's a local philly guy and I want to see Philly fucking win. I want to see us win. Uh, and I want to talk to you about your future with them in a moment. But there was a great moment that was caught and and kind of been passed around since uh, on camera. At one you point, there, buddy? yeah. Can you hear me or no? Hello, hello. What happened to our connection? Usually, our connection with Eddie is tremendous. I don't know what happened. I think we lost him. Let's reconnect with Eddie. I don't know what happened. Usually, the connection with Eddie um, is. Well, always, I'm, I'm, you're still there. Hold on. Let me. Yeah, let me let me try something. Is it is it me? Hold on. Give me one. Okay. One. I'll get right away. All right, all right. You guys, let me know. Um, and maybe you uh, you talk to him, Joe, back there, and and let us know. Is he good now? Seems better. I'm here. All right, you're good. All right. I'm Usually here. the connection with you is always great. So I don't know. Um, maybe it's the. It might have been my. Yeah, maybe Wi-Fi. I think this, I'm good. Now. This is perfect. This is perfect. Um, so. There was a moment that was caught on on camera that has since been passed around. At at one point in the fight, does Connor tell you to throw an uppercut and you throw the uppercut and land it? And then did you like say like thanks for that? Is that what happened? Yeah. Could you hear him? Yeah, yeah. So like that's something common, and I guess it was just I was in my, I call it like you're in the zone, right? So when you're in the zone, like you're starting to feel yourself, and that I think that's that's the moment I look for in every fight is to be in the zone where I'm feeling myself. Nothing else exists, and I'm just doing my thing. Um, well, I do that with Coach Mark Henry a lot because Coach Mark Henry yells codes. Mm. And most of the time when you see um, me or any of my teammates in there, we're just doing what Mark Henry's telling us to do. He's, he's yelling the codes. We do them. And oftentimes when I'm in sparring, Mark Henry will yell code. It'll land clean. And as soon as it lands clean, I'll point to Mark and say, good call. Mm. Like, great call. That wasn't me. That was you. And I'm giving you the credit for what just happened. Well, Connor yelled it. <laughs> he yelled, he was yelling it for uppercut. And I was kind of recognizing that Chad was hitching. He was doing a little hitch um, before he came under. And Connor picked it up. And then he said he, he was mentioning it as soon as he was against the cage. And I, as soon as he yelled, he yelled uppercut. I'm like, yeah, I see it. I see it. And then I, then I landed and I was like, good, good call. That, that's all. like it was it was a good moment uh, he 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 recognized it i recognized it and then that was that do you think he was rooting for you i don't know because someone said he was yelling shit for chad too so i'm like <laughs> i don't think he had a i don't think he had a horse in in the race i i think he just wanted to see a good fight and he was recognizing you know he just you know recognizing some things that were going wrong and trying to trying to coach guys but uh for him, I mean, he's a winner in it, right? He beat both of us. He shows up with his fucking whiskey rich and doing the shit. And I'm like, good, man. I Look, I wish the best for everyone in this sport. It's it's a very difficult life. It's very difficult to make money. And uh, when, when he has done what he's done for the sport and for himself and his family, I'm all for it, man. Mm. I don't – I have no animosity to any of my opponents. Like, we're on this – crazy uncertain life of journey that it's difficult and if you could do what he did then fuck i'm all i'm all for you and he's him being there 
puts more attention on on uh, on the promotion and myself and Chad and everybody uh, competing, all the athletes. Did you talk to him afterwards? I didn't. I didn't have a chance to talk to him at all. Okay. I mean, we, ne- we never really spoke after the New York fight. Like I spoke. I, I'm. I spoke. I think with Kavanaugh and his other other coach. I'm. I'm friends with them. But Connor himself, I never really. I never really sat down to have a conversation with him. But I'd imagine he's a fucking great guy. I don't. I don't see anything. Most fighters that I know are just good people in general. It's hard to be successful and good at this sport without being humble and having a lot of really good character and attributes. Like it's hard. Hmm. Do you think he would be successful in BK? Um, Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think Connor's boxing is phenomenal. He's really rangy, like awkwardly rangy. He's a shorter, he's not tall, but his knuckles drag. He has really long reach for his size. And, um, I think, I think he'd do well. I think he'd do really well. And his team behind him, the 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 guys, um, oh Owen Roddy, Owen Roddy, yeah, Owen Roddy, and the, this boxing crew here, they're intelligent, they're smart, they pick up stuff. They, I think they do really really well. Could you imagine the clinch is a little, the clinch is a little different, right, it's, right? It's fucking like junkyard dog shit. So the cleaner boxer doesn't always win in this sport. Okay. I, I've seen, I've seen championship boxers get out dogged and beat up in the clinch and get get knocked out or knocked down so it's not always the cleaner better boxer that 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 prevails but uh, i think you do just fine could you imagine uh mcgregor alvarez too in in bare knuckle ah i fucking love it i'd love it bring it uh, every day all day what a story that would be in the crowd was him. Cowboy was there. I lost. I lost yeah. the cowboy on my shit, man. I got a lot of. I got a lot of villains in the crowd here that that um, got one over on me that I like to get back. So, um, yeah, man. What and anyone? I think it's. I, I love the sport, I, and I think that it's had its coming out party right right now with me and uh, me and Chad's fight. It was amazing. So we spoke to David Feldman earlier in the show. He told us, and uh, correct me if this is uh, you know inaccurate. You signed a one-fight deal with an option, and the option is yours. If that's true, are you going to stick around? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think. I mean, Coach Mark Henry and myself are like we had so much fun with this camp, man. Like, genuinely, just focusing on one art. I felt like it's hard to feel like you're improving when you fight MMA. You do something twice a week. You know, do some jujitsu twice a week. You do some Muay Thai twice a week, boxing. When you do something t- t- twice a week, it's like you're kind of just maintenancing. You're not improving. Mm. You do something once a week, it's like a hobby. So it's like you need to do something three, four, five times a week to get better and, and have a learning curve and improve. So, like, I felt like I knew boxing, I understood boxing, but I'm not fluid in boxing. And in order to become fluid in it, you have to train it every day. You got to train it every day with no other focus. Like, Hey, I got to go to jujitsu or I got to get better at wrestling. Like there's so many arts that you have to perfect in MMA. It's like, you don't really, it's really hard to get better quick, you know? So this was fun. I felt like I was improving weekly daily. And, um, uh, I don't know. I just, a lot less wear and tear on my body. No wrestling, no kicking, no elbows, no knees. Like, lot less wear and tear 
So you're going to do it again? Uh, I would bet I'm going to do it. If they bring me the right opponent and we can negotiate a good price, we're probably doing it again. It's more about I, I only want to fight if fans really are fucking excited about who I'm fighting. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise I'm, I'll just not fight. I don't, I don't want to fight if people don't give a shit about who I'm fighting. I just, I'll just do what I'm doing here. I'll hang out. I've coffee with my wife. We'll chill out. <laughs> just wait, wait for a good call. Is, is there a name out there that comes to mind that who would be available? Obviously Connor would be great, but he's a UFC fighter. Is there a name out there that you think, uh, would sign and, and, and would get you excited? I dude. And I said, I mean, I feel like beating a dead horse, but like, I think, I think me and Nate Diaz in this oh my. would be like, I'd be like, but he don't want to fight me. I, I, I'm convinced. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know why I have no clue why, but he would, that he will not fight me. And I'm like, Hey, maybe this, because like, I won't take him down and beat him up because I think he's he's always concerned about wrestlers taking him down or he thinks that's cheating in a, in a fight if you take him down or, or kick him like so like this this is bare knuckle like That'd be I nuts. mean it, this is this is all we're doing I think I think me and Nate would be fucking beautiful I, I think a rematch with Cowboy would be great um, Mike Perry's available. I mean, the, Mike Perry's the king of bare knuckle. Um, any one of these guys, I mean, just bring me a big fight that fans are excited about. That way, like competitively, I can wake up early and go to bed, go to bed late. You know, I just don't want to be involved in fights if I don't. My competitive spirit isn't there and I'm just doing it for money. I don't mm. I ha- have money. I have a great life. Um, I want to feel competitive. I want to be excited about who's in front of me two last things and to that point um i felt towards the end of one like you were kind of losing your soul a little bit like it, this it felt you know like competitive i don't know if the names were exciting i felt like on saturday you you refound that a little bit like you you, you felt alive in there is, is this is this fair to say it's fair to say and I, and I think it just had more to do with just being in the united states again yeah. and fighting in the united states um fighting in front of my family, my friends, people who are close to me, who've always watched me fight. And I felt like I was, I don't want to say disappointing them by going overseas. And, and, uh, yeah, I just felt like I needed, I need to be here for my fans and my, mm. cause my fans are here for me. They show up, they've always supported me. They believe in me. And it was, and I needed to do that back. I needed to say, all right, motherfuckers, you believe in me? Let's let's go. I'm coming. I'm gonna come back to America and put on a big show for you. And uh, that's all. I was just I needed that. Mm. Speaking of which, uh, I don't know if you know this, but when you fight, especially on Saturday, your wife is a big topic of conversation. Uh, she is very <laughs> audible during the fight. Do you hear her as well? James Ariel. Oh no! Ariel said you've been a big topic. No, <laughs> no I don't. I, I, I'm, I have no problem with it. I, I'm very okay with the support. But um, no, a lot of fans were listen, like, "Listen, man, listen. <laughs> that's my fucking. That is my fucking chick. And right. if anybody has anything to say, go uh, fuck them. I don't. I don't want Dude, any smoke. My, my wife. My wife's been watching me fight. I, we met each other when we we're 15 years old. We have four children together. 
I'm a fucking guy. And if something happens to me, there's then that then and now you can feel her pain and feel what she's feeling. She has my four children, man. She's my fucking ride or die. So like she can't control what's going on. And it and that it her yelling or her screaming, that's how she feels. And I don't it's genuine. So if you I don't like it, it, deal with it. But it's fucking genuine. And by the way, for the record, I have no problem with it. I just wanted to know if you can hear her oh, during no, the I fight. Know. Uh, oh, no. I hear, I hear. And so does everyone else. Yes. I don't, <laughs> we all hear. Yes, yes. It's tremendous. Um, last thing for you. And by the way, nice uh, nice uh, chain over there. Did they give that to you or did you, uh, did you get that to yourself? Well, it's another, it's another uh, little gem I can hang in the back of me. Another... Uh, Gold belt. I don't get a belt, but I got this. Here. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> one last thing you would know about this has been a big topic. We talked about it at the top of the show. Francis Ngannou. Some people are saying he's screwing things up. He went out. He's going down the road less traveled. People are saying, I don't want to do business. I'm, I'm pulling offers. Chatri said he's pulling his offer. There's more to the story, blah, blah, blah. Have you been following the story? And, and do you agree that he's not doing things the right way? Or is it unfair to say that? Until this whole story unfolds and we know exactly what he's doing and for how much and what... Is it unfair to say that he's screwing things up? None of us know the conversations that are being had behind closed doors. None of us know it, right? So it's not it, – and maybe it'd be ignorant enough to say he's fucking up because yeah. he could be having a conversation. Saudi Arabia could be bidding for him, you know, 10, 20, 30 million. That's, that's a realistic number from that part of the world who are buying fighters and – doing that thing um i do know as a free agent like i'm often a free agent i do know it's not intelligent to sit too long you get cold and um when you do that you kind of uh it's like uh what bird bird in the hand what's the, yeah, what's yeah. the uh so like when you start getting offers you got to make a decision mm. you like you ha- you do have to make a decision at some point you can't sit too long because you just you're you just get colder as the market goes. Like people think, oh, they don't, you know, we don't want them. Let them sit around. And now the, you lose your leverage because uh, other promotions think, oh, nobody's bidding on them. Uh, let me throw a million dollars at them and see. So like, I don't know, know if he fucked up. We don't know. None of us do because he could be having conversations behind closed doors and have contracts in hand right now. And he's just playing his cards and taking his time. I'm a big believer that when you're a free agent, you don't rarely do you have enough money where you can just say no and sit and use your leverage. So take your time. Don't do anything hastily, like do anything too fast. Um, But you do have to make a decision at some point. Um, So we'll see. I mean, all he needs is one big fight, right? Right, right. If, If he comes out of this, one big fight for over 10, 20 million, then we were all wrong. Right. That's not unrealistic coming uh, from Saudi Arabia or something like that. That's real money that's out there that if you were a free agent, you would know that kind of money's out there for a guy like that. 10, 20 million to put a big fight together in uh, in Saudi Arabia, that part of the world. It, it, It could be conversations he's having that we don't know about. Great insight. Congratulations, Eddie. So happy for you. Well done. What a fight. Uh, you deserved all the love, all the money that you got. I mean, it was just all the praise and uh, happy to hear that you're going to, at least it seems like, keep on going. So uh, heal up soon and 
Thank you as always for the time. All right, awesome, Ariel. You're the man. I'll see you, brother. Thank All right, you. there he is. Eddie Alvarez, the underground king, seems to have found a home in BKFC. He called Mike Perry the face of bare knuckle. I called him the same in the first hour. He has it's like it's like a glove on a hand. The, these two guys together, these two entities, Platinum Inc. and BKFC together. And you heard what Feldman said. Uh, they want to remain in business. He fought out his deal on Saturday. Let's talk to the face of bare knuckle fighting, the one and only Platinum Perry. Look at you, Mike. I mean, this is just unbelievable. You got your own bobblehead too? She. Where'd yeah, you get man, that? I found it. You found it? Um, yeah, I had this sent to me years ago and it had all the tattoos on it and I had it in a storage unit. I even told you I was going to send it to you, but I hadn't found it for like a, two years. I found it, all the tattoos washed off, and I was looking at your bobbleheads, and they all got gloves on. And I had this made for me wow. way back, right? No gloves. Wow. No gloves. It's like the world knew, man. Unbelievable. The world. And I need a setup like Eddie, man. He's got a nice little office. He's got his belts up there and that. Yeah. You know, I'm doing this. I got this ghetto setup, you know, but you see. I kind of, but be honest, I, I I like the setup. Where are you at home right now? This is a different look than your usual setup. Yeah, this is my son's room, man. Got his pirate ship. Got the ocean <laughs> waves in the background, man. Uh, I love it. I'm, I love my son, and he inspires me so much. So I I guess I just started doing it in here. How how can we explain this, Mike? We were talking about this earlier. You know, towards the end of your UFC deal, the or run in the UFC, like it felt like you were a little bit all over. You were was it? What has happened to you in the last two years, like the glow up, as they say, how you have and you're you're like a polished gem. You've matured. You're so good at selling these fights. Like what you and Luke did on Wednesday on the show was the amount of feedback I got from that. People like I know nothing about bare bare knuckle, but I'm watching it just because of how entertaining they were, how comfortable you seem out there. We'll get to the Connor stuff in a minute, but like you are the face of this sport. How the hell did all this happen? Um. Man, it's it's um it's some type of destiny. Um I've always loved boxing. Um that's where I get my grip from, you know. I like to bite down on my mouthpiece, tuck my chin and throw hands and um I was more to be honest, I feel like I was more of a boxer in the sport of MMA and I had a lot of success knocking guys out cuz I gave them the hands. And then when I got to the highest level, you know, I started facing better kickboxers, uh, guys who could really mix it up better. And of all the jujitsu training I've done, and and I'm I'm very skilled in other arts, but no matter what, when I got in the ring, in the cage, the octagon, whatever you want to call it, I have one thing on my mind, and I just want to punch you in the in the face or in the body. I I know how to land significant blows with my fists and that's always been a passion of mine i love boxing i don't mind getting hit and um i use it to my advantage and so you have this uh, dynamic with luke like could you tell you guys were just the the face-offs were fun the way like every there was just something between you guys can you describe what it was because i could tell there was animosity but there also seemed to be some love between you guys um you know we've I, I think a lot of fighters that have been fighting that have been in the, the, the ray of light that, um, you know, people have been paying attention to us fighting for years. We've come a long way. Um, things have, you know, 
I really learned more how to be myself. Um, you know, and that's kind of how it is in the gym, right? Like I go to a gym and I'll get to spar these great guys, these names that people know all over the world. I, I work with tons of the greatest fighters. I mean, I've worked with John Jones. I mean, that's the best there is. So I've gotten to work with the greatest and, um, behind closed doors. And it's like, you know, these guys, they, they're not sure about me, but I'm sure about me. I know that I'm talented. I know that I have skills in professionalism and in technique. I know that um, sometimes I may look a little, what cowboys say, unconventional. But um, Lyoto Machida said it about me. He said, Mike loves to brawl, but he's so technical at the same time uh, that I'm tough to deal with. And and this sport definitely suits me. I love the bare knuckle thing. It's boxing, but it's like, it's meaner than boxing because look what happens. I mean, I can just bust your teeth out of your mouth. You remember, you know, back when, when people's dads would argue, that's some shit like guys from the 60s, 50s, 70s, 80s would say, I'll bust your teeth out yeah. of your mouth. And look at that, man. I did it. When's the last time I was saying it's like it goes down in sports history, you know, it's unfortunate to use this as an example because that fight didn't go my way. But when my nose yeah. shifted across my face, that was like sports history. Um, the elbow, that was sports history. Um, and then there's there's always these knockouts or these shots that people get hit with that kind of goes down in the next, the next setup for the next uh, year of sports history. And busting somebody's teeth out of their mouth was definitely one, you know, now, I may say that, and it sounds kind of hot or cringe or whatever. Uh, I appreciated Luke, um, his gamesmanship, his sportsmanship. You know, he wanted to push me around. He wanted to try to treat me like a little brother. And and I knew what I was getting into. And I can't take anything away from myself because he hit me with some shots, and it was just platinum being platinum in there. I just was ready for it. Um, he was big, strong. He was in shape. He made the weight. I mean, I competed against a two-time former world champion, and I, I'm sitting here now with my belts at the crib, boy. Could you tell when his teeth like went in there? Like, can you feel that? Um, my knuckle. Oh my! Is I got a couple stitches in my knuckle, and all I know is that when I was in the fight. I was keeping my eyes on him, and I knew I was like, ooh, I landed a really good shot. I was like, I felt that in my fist. His teeth went into it for sure. <laughs> but I was just like, whatever that was, I can't wait to land that again and feel that again. I want to feel that in my knuckles again, whatever that was that I just hit him with. And after I hit him with it, he was defensive for about 30 more seconds there, moving around, sticking, trying to move. And he was not trying to get hit with that again. And then once we broke from that clinch, he was like, dude, I can't even bite down on this mouthpiece. Like his teeth were all inside. And I, I was just like, oh, because, you know, I didn't. I wanted it, the win to look like right after I hit him, but he ate that shot. He took that shot, man. But then well, fuck. he was like, damn, I don't want to take it again. Check oh, we can, hear, we can hear this right here. This is Luke. Well, I'm just showing the video of, uh, of, of, of Luke showing off his, uh, 
his battle wounds. You think he yeah. ever does this again? And look at that too. It's it's more than just uh, the lip. It's more than just the teeth shot, yeah. you know. And yes, I caused that. I I guess I hit him in the lip, which busted those teeth that all went through. But look, he's got like two black eyes. Yeah, he's got a lump on his face. So I hit him with more shots, but it's like I was hitting him so fast. It was hard for people to see where the shot happened, when it happened, why he quit. They were trying to discredit me. Oh, Luke just gave up. Listen, we were only two and a half, three minutes into this fight, and I had already landed some significant damage that the people just couldn't even keep up with. Do you think he does this again? Well, he said he would, you know, some gloves would be preferable. Um, You know, it's not something that, I would shy away from if if I expect a more dangerous fight in my future. I, ex- you know, I made Luke look easy or like he shouldn't have been in there with me, but I know he's talented and, a, and he's a beast. So, you know, based on my attributes in this sport, it's really, you know, like you said, I'm the face of it and I'm grateful to be. And, um, that's why I said what I said today. I posted something on Instagram and I said, live up to the expectations because, you know, so many times in the past that uh, they expected me to do something and it just wasn't in the cards yet. But now it's my cards are on the table and um, it's the deck suits me. Do you agree that you're the face of it? Uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, Conor McGregor is like the damn face of combat sports. Everyone knows Conor McGregor. Everybody's mom knows Conor McGregor. Everybody. So to get that face off with him and it was, um, you know, there was a certain way to do it. And it, it happened just right uh, to to say, hey, can I get a face off with him? You know, it wasn't disrespectful. You got to respect what the guy's done in the sport. Um, now you can put some respect on what I've done in this sport. And um, it's intriguing to people, especially to people like Connor. He loves, he loved it. He loved the show. He spoke highly of Bare Knuckle. The people who work for Bare Knuckle are all great. They all want to take this sport up because they know what we all sacrifice to compete in that event. And, um, you know, yes, I'm the face of it because I brought out the biggest face in combat sports and we got to have a little moment in the middle of the ring and i want to ask you about that but first what was your reaction when you found out that he was there ringside um so i was sitting up high in a skybox watching the event from from the top of the arena uh that was where my my warm-up room was um and uh then everybody starts cheering we hear this lot the crowd's going off and like, you know, I'm kind of in the zone. I'm going in between working out, sitting back down and being calm and watching some of the fights sometimes. And then the crowd's going crazy. And then, you know, everyone gets excited. And then my team's like, oh, Conor McGregor's here. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's what's up. And it, it I was already the favorite. So I was already thinking I have to live up to the expectations. And then when Connor came, I was like, this is really an opportunity for me to live up to the expectations and do what everyone expects me to do. And I, I understand that Connor was there and he watched, he got to watch two guys that he had beaten compete in the co-main event. 
but they were all there to see what the bigger two-time world champion up against this bare-knuckle street fighter who seems natural at this sport, uh, you know, how I could fare against that bigger competition and if weight classes really make that much of a difference. That's what we were all there to find out. And um, I lived up to the expectations. And and going back to my previous point about everything just coming together for you, maybe a couple of years ago, or maybe someone else who doesn't have your presence of mind is just saying like, what's up, Connor? Or like, hey, I'd love to fight. To have the presence of mind, to ask him to come in the way in which you did, and then to have the face-off was just so brilliant. Was that something that you just thought of on the spot? Or did you say to yourself before, and if I win this fight, I'm going to call him out and bring him in there? I think uh, when he got there, I was like, my brain kind of started racking ideas of, you know, okay. And it's hard because, first of all, you're thinking, I need to focus and think on how I'm going to win this fight yeah, yeah. first. But then, it that, that's all I was saying. It's like, almost like a destiny, something that was, you know, I definitely had God's help. My brother, Michael Milmerstadt, recently... I told one of my longtime old coaches, my friend's father, who is like a father to me, he's been texting me. He was friends with Michael Milmerstad. And I told him, you know, Michael Milmerstad had to, he had to go up there and open up the gates for us. And um, now he's leading the path to our success. And, and he's, he's helping bring God on our side and really helping uh, lead the way for us. And, um, because it comes out how it comes out in the moments when it happens. It's all so fast up there. It's like, boom, 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 boom. You're done. You're out next. You know what I mean? And whatever can come out when it happens, it's like, I just kind of was like, man, can I get a face off with Conor McGregor? What's, what's a respectable way that you can maybe start a fight with a professional fighter in a professional manner not be disrespectful, not trying to talk so much trash. And you said it earlier, you got, I was like, what is the word for the feeling I'm feeling? And you said it. And I was like, that's it. I'm on cloud nine. So there was nothing that could get to me at that point. And then Connor comes in and it just, it made, I mean, he's how great of a guy to, you know, that just him entering the ring, just being there that night adds so much to the show frozen this is four for four in terms of uh interviews that have gone frozen three for three we're suspecting zoom is having issues zoom how dare they it's the face of bare knuckle right there fits it like a glove is it for well feldman didn't have any issues is that what you're saying yeah yeah that'd be three for four then no mm, felt like four for four but three in a row right We'll, uh, we'll reconnect with uh, Platinum. I have a lot more to ask him about, including his future, because he said in the post-fight press conference that he, uh, he fought out his deal. And we asked David Feldman earlier if they're going to resign him, and he was pretty certain and quite absolute in saying that they are going to resign him. By the way, still to come, in a little over 10 minutes' time, we're going to be joined by Aljamain Sterling, the bantamweight champion of the UFC. You may have heard of him. He returns to action this Saturday at UFC 288 against Henry Cejudo, the return 
of Triple C, the King of Cringe, all that stuff. Uh, I prefer to just call him an Olympic gold medalist. I think we should lean in on that. Uh, Platinum is back, I believe. Mike, can you hear me? Yeah, we broke the internet, man. Uh, we broke the internet. I love what it. What did you guys hear? Uh, what did you hear? You said Cloud9, and then I lost you. Okay. You were on Cloud9. I was on Cloud9, and I was saying, you know, what are the chances about, you know, coming up with that idea to what's a respectable way to call out a high-level professional in this type of combat sport, you know, and without being disrespectful, um, hey, man, can I get a face-off? He comes in, and I was saying, what a guy, you know, that he he just adds so much attention to such a great moment for me in my career. Uh, he added so much for the sport itself, for the corporation, the company, Bare Knuckle, just by being there, and then he gets in the ring with me, and it just added so amazing. much positivity to that moment. Uh, what did you guys say to each other in the face-off? Um, so I was saying, you know, I, I was bringing up about Cowboy because I know he fought Cowboy after Cowboy armbarred me. Yeah. And, uh, then he went out there and he, he just, he had a plan and he made the plan work. He kicked him in the head, punched him down to the ground and finished him off. I and you know, I was like, you know, Cowboy took my arm and, and, uh, he's like, yeah, what'd I do to him? And I was like, yeah, I know, man. You taught me a great lesson there. You know, I've learned from these great moments in my life and from the ups and the downs. And um, then, you know, from from watching great guys, great fighters, athletes like Connor and um, the the successes that he's had and how he's dealt with his failures as well. Some fights that didn't go his way, how he dealt with those things. And um, so and. And then I said, I know. And then he's like, I'm never retiring. I said, hey, that helped me too. I saw that this week because my head was like, after what happened to my friend, I was like, man, you know, when I beat Luke, really, I will feel, I feel like this would have been an accomplishment that says I've accomplished all there is that I have set out to accomplish in this sport for me beating a former two-time world champion in the bigger weight class, da 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 And, um, but then I saw that Connor had said that and I was like, and I thought about my friend, you know, if he chased it so hard, he didn't know it was going to take him from his family, but it seems like, you know, he wanted it so badly. He would have done anything to, become a great fighter and be recognized as that. And, um, you know, when, and I've been, I, I listened to this song called Tequila Shots by Kid Cudi. And he's like, tell my mom, I'm sorry. And, um, and he's like, I'm never, you know, I'm not going to stop until I crash and burn. And that's the mentality. And, um, I'm in a place right now where I have the opportunity to do these great things, make this money for my family, and um, I'm great at it. I can. I'm fortunate to be able to take punches to the head like no one else we've ever seen. And um, you know, I I have to I have to ride until the wheels fall off. And I don't see the wheels falling off. I see myself being able to do this forever. Like I've always said, I used to say I would do this forever. I'm never going to stop fighting. I'll have to fight for everything for the rest of my life. But when I wake up in the morning, 
I'm fighting at the house. And I don't mean arguing with my family. I just mean like every day is a competition. It's a fight to be better. You, you fought out your deal. And David Feldman told us that he wants you back and he's confident that you'll be back. Do you think he'll be back? Do you think he'll resign? I'm I'm confident that David Feldman and me, I mean, I have a great relationship with him. It's it's very it's very professional. Um and it's business oriented and uh we both love this sport. I'm you know, he loves this sport more than me because he started it and I'm really enjoying myself in this sport. I love the bar I love how tough I am in bare knuckle. I'm just super tough to to go up against. And I and and I, I get respect from some of their great champions. Um, these guys are real professional athletes and they want to be respected. They know they deserve respect for what they put themselves through to compete in this game. And um, you know, you see a lot of guys on the come up in this sport and uh you know some are well outmatched others are you know others are great fights like who expected the big ben rothwell fight to go as long as it did those guys hitting each other like that so i'm interested to see what offers lie on the table i am a contract killer for hire and um I know that there's some big guns out there ranging, shooting for me. So David Feldman's definitely at the top of the list. I love the bare knuckle stuff. Um, other things that get me excited. I mean, Conor McGregor gets me excited and he's still a little bit to go on the UFC. If we're talking only two fights left, by the way, only two fights left with it, the UFC. It, well, I hope he goes out there, beats Chandler and then maybe, you know, pay-per-view main event. You think it's possible? You know, it's do you think in your future? We're going to throw hands anyway. Do you whether, think no right now in your, in your dreams, in your vision, do you think before it's all said and done, you're fighting Connor? We put up a tweet from you back in 2020. Uh, you quote tweeted something that I wrote. You were about to fight Robbie Lawler and you said, when I'm done with Robbie, let's go me versus Connors. You've been talking about this for a while. Do you believe in your heart of hearts that this is going to come to fruition? Absolutely, I do. It was, it was there. What was that? Last night or the Saturday, night before? Yeah, yeah. We was we were in the ring, man. And he was ready to punch me right then. <laughs> uh, but you know, I have. I don't know. I just it was my moment that night, you know. And and I got the last word because when Connor left the ring, um, you know, yeah, he had the belt, but like I got my belts, it's platinum over gold, baby, yeah. and. When he left the ring, they put the mic back in my face. So it was my night to shine. I got the last word. I was grateful. I told Connor that as well after I mentioned my friend Michael Milmerstad. I said, thank you so much for being here because I know what type of attention that brings in that moment. To And he was just trying to be very violent. He was ready to fight me right then. And I was just very calm-minded and, you know, grateful for the opportunity so it's a face-off but and he's talking about it on instagram he's posting about it he's he's interested in it yeah he knows it looked exciting he knows it looked fun they put on bare knuckle fc put on a great show and um i capped off the night can i tell you one that i want to throw out there platinum perry versus logan paul i like it 
I like it. I like the Tommy Fury. I like the Logan Paul. I like the Conor McGregor. Um, Jake. And I also like, even though my boy's going to have to show me something, he's going to have to show me something, man, because he's on quite a skid. Darren Till. That's the one. He said we were meant to fight, and maybe it's been a long time coming. Just like you said a long time ago, I tweeted that yeah. after Robbie, I would fight Connor. Things happen when you think they're you're getting closer to something. It might be like ten years down the road. So, I think that was you know a few years back, and now we're getting much closer to it being a possibility. And my success, my living up to the expectations Saturday night really helped solidify that. You, you think Darren would do bare knuckle? Yeah, I think he would because uh, David Feldman pays better than everybody I've seen and I've been paid by. But um, And, you know, he's telling them, oh, make me an astronomical offer. But be, be serious if you really want to fight him. If he really wants to fight, if he does want to fight, if he wants to put that pressure on himself, if he wants to work out hard again, get back in the best shape and 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 you know try to try to believe in himself to beat this skid and um you know I have a little bit of experience though. I got these three fights now, but I came in and fought someone who had nine fights and I won. Eddie Alvarez beat Chad Mendez, who had a fight, and Eddie won. So, you know, fighting is fighting at the end of the day. I know Darren Till has hit people in the bars out there in the UK. He's been in street fights. It's a fight at the end of the day. Um, you know, I'm the fight. I'm the money fight. I've been saying this. Um, so, you know... Let's get it. Let's get some names that people are very interested in. Um, it's got to be worthwhile for everybody involved because you know it does. I mean, it's got to be me, my opponent, and the corporation all have to be happy. And that's why I have the greatest management team, first round management. They are killing the game, and I'm happy to be a part of it. When do you want to fight again? Uh, man, shortly. I could do it. I'm ready. I I had so much left over, dude. I didn't sleep for like, since the fight. I finally got some sleep last night. I was up to like 3 a.m. and then I woke and I had been up since the fight until wow. 3 a.m. last night. So I had just been pumping on adrenaline. I had all this energy pent up and I, that's why I was like, ah, oh, like, ah, oh, that's it. It's over. I wanted so much more. Huh. So, uh, you know, anytime, man, I just, you know, my knuckles got to heal up. I got to go take some antibiotics. But uh, in a few weeks, we'll see, man. All the offers got to hit the table. For sure. And and by the way, I'm very sorry about your friend. Um, Thank you. Uh, th th was it was it unexpected? Was it just a, a sudden thing? or Very unexpected. He was very talented. He was very strong. A uh, powerful man. He was a police officer and a SWAT member. He he. The community loved him. Everyone in the mixed martial arts community. Um, he had so much support. His family has so much support from all of the police officers, the MMA community here in Central Florida. Um, everyone knew that that guy was super talented, 
and he started chasing his dream of fighting. He had he was a professional fighter for for years, but he he had a skid when he started. His his debut was against a five and zero guy as a professional. He was zero and zero, and he fought a five and zero professional, and that kind of backtracked him and he went off to become a police officer and then became a SWAT member. And, and listen, y'all know me, everybody knows me. There's not a lot of cops that I would, I mean, listen, I don't have problems with police officers. A lot of them help our community. Maybe some of them have done things that other people are like, Oh, forget the pigs, cops, blah, 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 blah. Listen, I don't have beef like that, especially not with such a power entity like the government police officers. Yeah. But I'm just saying people know me and they know that there's not a lot of people I would speak up for that might be police officers. And Michael Milnerstadt impacted his community so greatly. The support that came through for him and his family when these terrible things started happening, it was really out of nowhere. No one expected this. The guy has been training day in and day out for years and years and years. He motivates everyone every day. He, he had a, a phrase he liked to say was earn the day. He was always up working out, putting in miles, doing push-ups, lifting weights. Every day this guy was working out his entire life. And it's the last thing anyone expected because he was one of the best of us, one of the toughest of us. And he just signed a contract to go have a professional fight. And he was so excited training with me for my boxing camp. And he was training at the MMA gym. He was putting in the hours. And uh, it's the last thing we all expected. I'm very he sorry. He leaves behind three little boys and oh. a wife. Uh, I'm so sorry about that. Um, you represented well on Thank Saturday, you. and it's amazing to see everything come together for you as far as your career is concerned, Mike. So keep it going. Uh, everyone's very happy for you. Congrats on all the success, and, and good luck in this next chapter. Can't wait to see what you do next, my man. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, Hawani. Thank you, everybody, my sponsors, BKFC. Thank you, everybody who enjoyed the show. What Let's a go, Conor McGregor. Run that shit, dog. There he is, Mike Perry, Platinum Perry. Tremendous stuff. Um, all right, so there's the BK story. Like I said, this Saturday, Newark, New Jersey, it's Aljamain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo. Aljo, kind enough to join us in the midst of a crazy media day in New York City. Let's not waste any more time. Let's go over to Aljamain. Oh, there he is. I thought you'd be uh, traveling around New York or something. You're back at the hotel. Yeah, we made it back literally just in time. Aljo, you could have stopped by here. I had a seat ready for you. I mean, you were in my seat. You were, we were right here. I, I got to work out. <laughs> I know you got to work out. I know. I, I got to make weight, you know? But you got to... So the... You, you come on after the win in studio. Long overdue. You came on once when you announced... Remember when you announced that you were resigning? You came into the old studio with all the hats and everything like that? Yeah, yeah. I came on with that, and I came on with, I think, Volante and Iquinta. Yeah, back in the day. Back in the day. I don't know if it was in this studio, though. Anyway, it's great to have you on, and I appreciate it very much. Um... Let's talk about the new stuff that happened because you posted it on your YouTube channel uh, overnight. You ran into old Henry at the hotel. Interesting interaction there. Could you tell us what you took away from it? Uh, just one of my spies in his camp, they told me that he was in the lobby to get there quickly. So we got there in time. And uh, fortunately, we were able to uh, make the 
make the uh, approach and say what's up. Um, no, I'm joking about the spy though. But, uh, uh, okay, <laughs> I was like, what? I was going to be like, it was this tank, uh, tank and Garcia all over again. No, no, no. But uh, we saw him in the hole in the lobby, and I was just like, just going to go say what's up. I mean, any takeaways? I think it's more so him being unsure of himself um, because of the things he said, um, letting me know he had a great camp. I'm like, those, th- those are like certain things that don't need to be said. You know, you know what I mean? Like, if you're, we're going to fight. The fight's a couple of days away. You don't need to tell me your opponent. Yeah, I had a great camp, man. Things went so well. I'm looking forward. Like, you don't need to do that. I'm just like, dude, I respect that you took the fight. I wasn't sure if you were serious, but now we're here. And um, I look forward to the matchup because I know you're not going to back down. I'm not going to back down. And that's what this that's what this fight means to me, which makes it so important and what makes it special because you got two guys who are some of the best minds in MMA in terms of breaking down fights, going at it, and we're going to see whose uh, YouTube channel is the best. I I I I noticed that comment. Like I I wasn't sure if you were going to show up. You really thought there was like was there a part of you that really thought that this was all BS that he wasn't going to take this fight? Yeah, I even told the matchmakers and Hunter and Dana like, "Is this for real?" You guys told me O'Malley. And now all of a sudden we're talking about Henry. I'm like Henry's been retired for three years, almost three years. That was way back in um, either October or November or December. When it, Everything kind of happened so fast. Probably November when I got back from Abu Dhabi. So, yeah, I, I didn't think it was a real thing. But, again, like, he's a tough competitor. You know his resume speaks for itself. At the end of the day, it was more so the guy sits on the sideline and makes YouTube videos. Um, former great champion, yeah. But at the same time, is he serious because he's not in the testing pool? How am I supposed to take that for real? But now that he's in the testing pool and we're here a couple of days away, it's uh, it's an exciting fight. You know, I'm glad the fans are getting behind it because, again, if you look at accolades, look at what we both accomplished in both of our divisions, it's a very intriguing fight on paper. Do you think he's underestimating you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 100%. Why do you think so? Um, It's either he's underestimating me or he's playing mind games with the whole wrestling thing and being that my wrestling can't hold a torch to him or a candle to his torch, what, whatever the <laughs> nonsense he's saying, it's it's silly because it's not a wrestling match. We're talking about MMA. Am I the best wrestler in D3? No. Am I the best wrestler when it comes to Olympic wrestling? No. Am I one of the better wrestlers when it comes to grappling in MMA? Yes. My positional um, awareness, uh, you can say whatever you want about how many times I have to shoot. I think that speaks on more of my tenacity and how often I'm going to keep bringing that pressure. And I think that's something he's more so worried about, trying to maybe use reverse psychology to get me to maybe doubt myself and my wrestling conditioning to go that pace with him. But I want to take him there because I think that's what he's most afraid of because eventually he knows if he can't land a good kill shot on one of those entries, that's a long night for him, especially when I do get him down. I think we've seen that time and time again, not just with TJ because – they're going to say, oh, TJ had one arm. I'm like, dude, I fought a torn labrum multiple fights. It's like, stop making excuses for the guy. Um, Cody Stamen, uh, even the Brian Caraway fight, the fight that I lost uh, to Cameron's guy, any of those fights where I get takedowns, it's a bad night for guys. So um, I, I think he's smart enough to understand the danger in that situation. And uh, I like to see what his approach is going to be because I haven't seen much of him for three years, just like most of us. And 
Uh, I know he's going to make sure that he comes well prepared and that's what gets me excited about this matchup. It still feels to me, and uh, if, if you feel otherwise, then I'd love to hear it. It still feels like you don't get the respect that most champions in the UFC get. Is this the fight? Is this the victory that gets you that respect? Uh, I mean, to the guys that have brains, yes. Um, to the other ones who just say anything, they find an excuse to doubt me or to, to discredit everything I do. It's like you beat who they put in front of you. I can't control how my opponents show up. I can't control their training camps. We sign a contract, we show up, we compete, and we find out who's better. And I've done that time and time again. So if you think my five-and-a-half-year run of winning is all a fluke, then I don't know what to tell you. You probably don't understand the sport of MMA very very well. Um, so whether or not I win this fight uh, by decision, TKO, whatever it is, uh, it's gonna be something to to those weirdos who want to say, ah, he took three years off and he came back. He's not the same. Um, wait till Aljamain gets a real challenge. <laughs> There's no winning. So at the end of the day, control what I could control, just like anything in life. And that's who they put in front of me and what I do on the night of May six. I saw the pictures of you recently. Like you look absolutely shredded. I mean, you look. I don't know if this is the best ever, but you you look phenomenal. And uh, are you talking about these? Yes, those. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> We're showing video of you that you posted recently. Is this the most shredded that you've ever been? You know, man, I say that every single time, but to be honest, I I feel like, I don't know, maybe because I'm getting older, I'm getting more dense. Like the weight cut is definitely getting harder. Uh, I think I did a good job of dialing it in on this one as well, but it's never easy. And I think just being super lean, as lean as I am, it's it looks like that all the time. So I think everyone says that every time they see me the next time. Okay. I, I look at the, the pictures and I'm like, I feel like it looks the same. But maybe it's just me because I, I live with this body, you know? Okay. Every single training camp. How, how, how tough is this weight cut? Like uh, on this Monday afternoon, how much more do you have left? Uh, man, one of the things I, I always dread talking about with people is my weight. Okay. Because they ask, they ask me my weight. I'm going to explain this to people because they don't really understand. I know it's fascinating because they're like, how do you go from 165 to 170 down to 135? Um, well, so when people ask me, it's always like, I tell them and then they just go, wow, oh man. And then that's the end of the conversation. It's yeah. just like, that doesn't help me. If anything, it makes me more annoyed because I got to think about it. You just made me think about it. Okay, Not I'm you, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, just I'm saying sorry. in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's about 15 pounds, roughly 15 pounds this Monday. Um, water loading, which is good. I'm in a good spot. So hopefully shed off five tonight, um, which will be sweat. Put some food back in me, some liquids back in me. I don't want to dehydrate too early because then it's, it's uh, diminishing returns. And I know there's going to be some weirdos out there there to say go up a weight class i'm like guys if i make the weight i make the weight what do you there's always something to complain about it's like do i complain at your job that you are on instagram on your cell phone talking shit to a professional athlete doing his job like you know what i mean it's, it's weird man we live in a weird society yes it but is I bizarre get it. I get it. it is bizarre um and by the way is that normal like 15 is that is that common before the fight or is that a little more than usual um, my last camp, I have it tracked on my phone. That was 151 and a half. Oh, okay. Um, and I, after having my fluids this morning so far and doing the media run, I just checked before doing this and I was 151.8. So I'm in a really good spot just 
based on all the fluid intake that I've had to start the day. So um, I'm excited. I mean, the weight cut's never easy. It's never fun, but it is an experience. And it is a type of suffering that I think if people had to go through it, uh, they would make them a lot more appreciative of life, um, their health, and just like the small things in life, you know? Um, people, I, I don't know, maybe I'm misunderstood. People think, I don't know what they think of me. They, some people like me, some people don't. They they think I'm like, oh, I'm coming around to him now. I'm like, well, what what are you coming around from? The fact that I got knee in the head and you think that I was faking, it's still like, my. I hope this is the last time I ever have to talk about this. Like, I watched a video of how they say, oh, you were rolling around and acting. I'm like, dude, I didn't know there was a rule book on how you're supposed to act when you get crushed to the skull with a, a knee that you don't see whatsoever. Um, and even do even watching, I go, yeah, I can see why people are saying like you're acting, but I'm, like, I'm telling you, dude, there was no acting involved in that. Like I look at it and I go, that looks kind of weird. I could see why people will say like, yeah, he's acting. He he played it up, but trust me, I I wish I could see how I look because I would have told myself, you know, look cool, look tough. You don't want to look like like you're being soft on not international TV. But unfortunately, we get hit and you're exhausted. That's I guess that's what it looks like. But you still, so. I mean, like I feel like, I feel like we corrected that issue in the uh, in the rematch, and then I feel, and you fought, you you still feel like you get heat for that. Yeah, people still say I win, I won the belt. I guess they're they're judging my career. I'm like, I guess we could nitpick at every single thing because I can nitpick at everything Sayudo's done on his title run, and you know, so it's <clears throat> it's a. Uh, it's just one of those unforgiving things about this sport. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. It doesn't mean you have to agree with it. And I respect everyone's opinion. It doesn't mean that you're correct. Right. Um, but the ones that do understand like what it's like or have an idea of they actually train and know what that feels like to, to get crushed like that um, while being blindsided on top of it. Um, but yeah, I, I still get a lot of people in the comments. I don't read them as much as I did before. I don't know why. Maybe because I'm doing more content that's kind of hard to sift through everything even though i still like even just now occasionally i get to check and just see what people are saying because it's good to just know what's up you know right. so you kind of know where you stand with things it gives you a better idea of i guess your career or um what angle or what approach to take um but i think for the most part when people actually get to talk to me they like everybody else dude i'm a regular chill chill dude i think i i I, I, I actually find you to be a little bit different today in a in a very good i don't know if it's the weight cut but you you just seem very um i don't know very cerebral right now very very calm very good place very good mood do you know what i'm saying i don't know what it is but i was just mentally thinking that like i was like this is a this is a great version of you whatever version this is and, and maybe the the dehydration affects the what you know you talk a little slow i don't know what it is but this is a great version whatever it is it's good i like it i i'm saying you might have those old visions of me rolling around the octagon nah. that's probably why you think that. no no i wasn't even thinking of the i didn't even ask you about it you brought it up i didn't even bring it up <laughs> no i'm just saying i don't think i'm doing anything different like if you actually without any bias go back and watch any of our interviews and interactions or anything else I, I don't think i'm saying anything that's like unreasonable for anyone to get upset about or i speak my mind i believe in what i believe in and it's like you either like it or you don't, you know, not not you. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I don't I'm speaking anything different than what I normally do. I'm 
Still going to give you the same funk, baby. I get, I get it. I get it. Uh, by the way, I was very excited about this. All your friends, all your teammates, you know, they've all had the opportunity to fight in New York, whether it was you know, MSG, whether it was Brooklyn, whether it was Long Island, and, and you were never the, uh, you know, you never got that opportunity. And now here you are as close as can be to New York. I know it's not Long Island. I know it's not MSG, but it's pretty damn close. It's pretty freaking close. It's the Prudential Center. It's New York. Newark. And by the way, it's a state that, that embraced and adopted MMA long before everyone else did. I mean, like they were on the bandwagon pretty much since day one when everyone was jumping off and, and all the Johnny come late. So I think this is really great for you. Does this feel like a home game for you? Like you didn't have to get on a plane. You have to go overseas. This, this is the next best thing, right? Oh, 100%. I fought in New York as an amateur. Uh, I want to say two, maybe three times. I think at least twice on the, I want to make sure I'm being PC over here, uh, the Native American reservations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, so I fought there twice for sure. Um, and it was the same commission, Kim, the head of commission for New York State. And I spoke to her. I emailed her. I emailed the medical part of the board that's supposed to get together a committee and overturn whatever small details in the writing so that I could fight and compete. I told him, it's like, before I'm retired, I would love to make the walk in New York, preferably Long Island, but I'll take Madison Square Garden too, but uh, preferably Long Island. Um, it's just something that's like, that would be super memorable to have and something I can say that I've done. Um, there's something there's something about that, you know? Um, that's where I was pretty much born and raised. Uh, I got a lot of my my swag from Long Island, you know, with a little Jamaican twist on it. So to have it all said and done and to actually be able to make a walk where I'm from, that'd be, that would go, it would go a long way for me, man. That that would be something I think um, I would cherish for the rest of my life and something I can watch back, like just from the, the entrance, the fight week and the vlogs that we do leading up to the fights. It, you can't You can't put a price tag on that. And I think sometimes people forget that we, even though we do this, this is like, it's still an experience for us as the athletes. You know, the, one day the music is going to stop. We're going to be looking around like, what next? And thankfully I'm doing other things outside of that, but I know I'm going to miss this when it's done. Like I'm, I might be talking and people are going to be like, oh, you sound like he's retiring. I'm like, no, I'm not retiring. I'm just, I'm 33 and I'm, I'm a realist. Yeah. I understand my, my path and I understand father time is undefeated and eventually he gets to that point where these young cats, man, you've seen like Song Yadong, like, come on, man. Like those guys are dangerous guys and they're young. Uh, how much longer can I continue to do that? I mean, I'm not Yoel Romero. That guy's a freak. Right. Um, I might look like that, but my body can't do that. Not in my weight class. It's uh, That's almost impossible when you compare it to the young killers coming up. So long-winded answer, but when it's all said and done, I, I do hope that New York State Athletic Commission gets it together and allows me to compete here. Uh, can you explain to people why you can't compete there? So when I made my UFC debut, um, February 22nd, 2014, I'm a vet, man. Wow. Um, UFC 170, the Ronda Rousey versus Sarah McMahon card, I, I believe. Yep. It was. Um, I had to get a CAT scan. First time ever getting a CAT scan. And they found two spots on my brain. It's like It was like a millimeter or something like that. But it looked like there was like trauma and they weren't sure what it was. Forget the exact term, aneurysm or car- angioma, something like that. So in order for me to be cleared, I would have to like go 
take it out my head. So I wasn't sure if I need to get like drilled in my head to pull these things out or whatever. So they monitored it. They allowed me to fight in, in uh, Nevada. And they just had me monitor it every six months, every month, I'm not, uh, every six months, every year. And then for a couple of years after they realized like the change wasn't, nothing was happening with that. They was like, okay, you're safe. You're not bleeding out. You're not going to die in the cage. Knock on wood. Uh, uh, so things were good. And I was allowed to compete in Nevada and all the other states except for New York. Oh man. And New Jersey's okay with it, clearly. Because uh, you're fighting there. You think you have a lot of people in attend? Like, are a lot of people traveling to come support you? Will it feel like a home game? I believe so, man. And I'm saying New York, New Jersey, y'all better show up and boo this man all the way to the octagon. If I get booed in Jacksonville, Florida to a Russian, guys, come on. Come on. We got a fake, fake Mexican wannabe that doesn't even represent his roots of Mexico in the States. In my hometown, come on, they better boo this man. And I'm saying I like Henry, like in a sense of like outside of the competitive, but boo this man. Give this guy the golden boo. Give him the boo. And I hope we get some let's go Aljo chance. Let's go Aljo. All right. That'd be uh, we used to do the Aya Quinta. Aya Quinta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'd be nice to have a let's go Aljo. Have you been told you win this fight, you're getting sugar? I haven't, I mean, I was told that in the beginning, but this is where I don't like broken promises, but I understand business and, you know, I fight for the organization. I don't own the organization. So I understand my place in the sense of I'm the product, but at the end of the day, I don't call the shots. So uh, I know a lot of people think that they think uh, you become the champ, you get to do whatever you want. It doesn't quite work that way, but uh, I let people continue to believe what they want to believe. Um, I was promised O'Malley after the TJ fight. And if I were to look good doing it, I did. Um, that got changed. And I don't know if I'm giving up too much information. I hope not. I hope this doesn't come back to bite me, <laughs> bite me in the ass. But uh, that didn't happen. So now they put Henry in front of me and they it was a serious one. So this is a, about a competitor versus competitor. So I accepted the fight and uh, I told him, well, after, didn't do I get to beat up the golden, mm-hmm. the golden chicken? And they said, yes. Um, but we'll see if, if it's another push. Like, say I steamroll Henry in the first round, I take him down, I strangle his ass, um, have his little feet dangling in the air, and then I get on the mic, call out O'Malley, and then they say no. Um, then, I don't know, maybe I just go 145. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how this fight goes. Take it one fight at a time and um, one performance at a time. It, it just really depends on that. Uh, though you are in the main event here, and this feels like it's being built around you. Are, you, are you feeling the love? This feels like a big step in the relationship. Are you feeling the love from the UFC, from the brass, them putting you in this spot? If I'm being 100% honest, I do for once, uh, maybe not for once, for the second time, feel the love from the UFC brass. Um, you know, it's one thing about the people behind the scenes that people don't get enough credit for, like the people at the PI, the production team and stuff like that. Those guys work so hard. I, I'm always as nice to those guys as possible because I, I know their job is just as difficult in the sense of uh, just putting the show. They're the machine that keeps the machine going. So I, I am, I'm always super thankful for those guys. And I try to be as nice as I can when I can. Um, so with that being said, it's nice to see that the UFC brass, like the upper echelons are getting behind. I, I don't know if it's them telling production, let's try to paint him in a positive light. Um, let's try to push his background and things like that. I appreciate that, man. 
like it goes a long way to the fighters who actually do care and pay attention to that because we're we're emotional, man. I'm emotional, and I I think I fight with emotion. I think I show that um, when I come into the cage and I scream and you're like, there's a lot that goes into this, man. Um, and I get emotional just talking about it because I I truly do live this lifestyle, and it's not easy. And um, when I get an opportunity to see like your bosses getting behind you and giving you that opportunity to elevate yourself. Now it's up to me to go out there and capitalize on that, uh, that, uh, what would you call it? That, that, I don't say that milestone, but just the opportunity to go out there and just capitalize. Season day, carpe diem, you know, that's what it's all about. And at the end of the day, we control our paths by going out there and putting on a good show and by getting your hand raised. So that's what it's all about. I, I do love everything leading up to the fight from the embeddeds, um, the vlogs we've been doing, the positive interactions from the fans that we've been getting on, on the YouTube channel. Uh, you, you can see it. You can feel it with the countdown. I'm actually watching the countdown now before we started this on my way to get ready for my next workout. Well, my first workout of the day. So <clears throat> I know you and Dana got your little thing, but no, we're definitely want to just say thanks to Dana, to Hunter, Sean, Mick, um, that whole crew, Tracy, everybody, man, production team, like everyone who, who had a helping hand in this because for me this is my first main event never gonna forget this opportunity um it's a moment in time and uh you know i think when you have certain milestones like this you got to take the time out to smell the roses and just enjoy it for what it is like look at you you know you're in your studio like i know you remember back in the days when al saw you your, your studio when you're you know back in the mom's basement i don't know if you've seen his ig post which is pretty funny uh i think he was saying that he sold you one of your houses oh like, yeah 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 no, yeah. I, I mean, but so it's like you see where you come from. Of course. You know what I mean? When you look back at it, you're just like, you kind of marvel on that and you get to appreciate. Like when you're young and you're invincible, you start doing all these things, you're figuring it out, and you become a, uh, an older guy, and you get a little bit more mature. You, Amen. you find you figure out what's the more important things in life, like family and things like that. Amen. Uh, two last quick things. By the way, speaking of Al, uh, selling people houses, uh, New York Rick. Got a house off of Ally Quinta, our guy back there. And the last time you were kind of on this show, was sort of impromptu on the phone, it was when he was talking crazy, saying that 155 was better than 135. I, I still maintain 135 is the best weight, not only in MMA, but in all of, like, boxing, on fire, all that. Uh, can you tell him now? Because maybe people... Why is he completely wrong with his take? Because he was very dismissive, I thought, of 135. I mean, just look at the talent, man, the depth of it. You even see, like... Song Yudong versus Ricky Simone, like that was a on paper, that was a tight fight. And then you go out there and you see the matchup and you see the, the level of skill and the level of improvement that Song Yudong was able to make coming into this fight compared to the Sanhagen fight, um, being taken down by Sanhagen, who doesn't wrestle, versus how many times he was taken down by a straight-up wrestler, was able to get back up and put on some finishing touches. Guys are fighting each other. We're competing against each other. The best of the best are competing and we're not just hanging out. You see Rob Font turning it back, a hot surgeon, Adrian Giannis. Yeah. Like, you see what I'm saying? So you see a changing of the guard. You see new faces getting opportunities, getting that crack. How can you dispute that with anything else? Now you see Favola at 155. He's getting a shot at Drew Dober, um, who's ranked in the top 15. So that's what it's all about. I, I think it's not saying that 155 isn't as good, but I think the top 15 is pretty stale when it comes to 135 and the depth of 100%. 135%. You're 100 that, right. That's my personal opinion. So, do you want to apologize, Rick? Not apologize at all. Apologize right now. Not, apologize right to the now. chap right now. Not apologize. Right now. I love Aljamain. Knows I love Aljamain. 
Come on. Um, he's about to get it done on Saturday. That's the official prediction. I love Aljamain. He knows this. I just can't. Like, I, I love Bantamweight. I think it's number two. But when you've got this, is, so top 15, outside of the top 15 in oh terms of death, God. you've got Conor McGregor, Gregor Gillespie, Come Bobby on. Green, Patty Pimblett, Terrence McKinney, Jared Gordon, Guram. Brad Riddell, Tiago Moises. Yeah, I mean, these guys, these guys are not even. What? These guys are not even ranked. These guys are not even ranked. Matt Frivola, not even ranked. Like the the depth at lightweight, it's just a it's just a Shark Tank. Now, don't get me wrong. Bantamweight's number two. Bantamweight's number two. I agree. And at the top, when we're talking about the top, when you got guys like Aljamain Sterling. The new it, blood at 135, Aljo, Marab, O'Malley, Sanhagen, The top is Marlin, very strong. The Font, top is very strong. Song Yadong, Adrian Yanez. They don't got killers like that at 55. With all due respect, they just wow. don't have that blood. They don't have that kind of wow. young blood that haven't fought for belts. A lot of those guys have fought for belts. That's my point, right? There's a yeah. lot of fresh blood. And here's, here's where I'll compromise. If we're talking worldwide, all organizations... It's 35 and nobody else is even in the conversation. That I will grant. 35 across all organizations. Um, yeah, Bellator's 35 is better yeah. than their 55 as well. I mean, yeah. 35 is the best. There's no question about it. Um, one last close. thing for you, Aljo, and then we'll let you go. What is your official prediction? How do you envision this playing out? Uh, I think it's going to be a good feel-out process in the first round. And not really feel-out like slow, but I think it's going to be who makes the first mistake. Uh, I can't see Henry coming out being overly aggressive because that'll play right into what I want, into him giving me an opportunity to take him down um, a lot easier than he probably thinks it's going to be. Uh, I think he might be forgetting what what I can do with my leverage if he's really set that I'm, I can't wrestle with him. And for the fans that really believe that, that's it's a sick joke. Um, but whatever. As always, I just like to prove people wrong. Uh, so I think in the second round, I come back out, push the pace on him again, and then... Uh, Take him down, TKO. Wow. And I said that last time about TJ, and then I got the TKO. I thought I was going to get the submission. I might actually get a submission, but I'm going for the TKO because I, I feel like he deserves to be punched a, just, a little, just a little bit and a couple elbows. I love it. Uh, good luck to you, my man. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate this. And uh, after the win, please join us in studio. That would be great. Long overdue. Get it done. Your home game. You deserve this. You've earned this moment. Can't wait for Saturday. Thank you, Aljo. Well, I was going to say, if you want to just come out to the harbor on Saturday night after the fight, that's the official after party. So if you want to come hang out, take a couple well, shots. Well, I don't know if that's appropriate for a journalist and unbiased journalists like myself, but I do appreciate the offer. Thank you. Oh, wait, wait, wait. One last thing. No disrespect to Patty Pimblett. I'm just saying. He, uh, he lost the fight to Jared Gordon. So what are we talking about, New York Rick? Yeah, Come on. Seriously. J- Jared on. Gordon, also an unranked 155-er. I mean, it just... Just it hand just in your New York... You can't call yourself New York Rick if you're going against Jared Gordon and Aljo in the same breath. I mean, come on. Uh, what are we talking about? Just talking about the depth in the UFC, but Aljo <laughs> is the man. Thank you, Aljo. Thank Take you. care. There he is, the great Aljamain Sterling funk master himself. Uh, returning on Saturday. I'm excited for 288, uh, a, a maligned card that has come together. And it's always great when the UFC is on the uh, East Coast for a pay-per-view. Like I said, they haven't been here since uh, 2019. When I say here, I mean New Jersey. And I think there is something to be said <clears throat> for New Jersey getting a big show. Been a while. And, you know, they were, they were the ones that supported the UFC way back in the day. When no one else was. I know I have it off the top of my head. 
2019 was Covington Lawler. Johnson Bader was the previous one. 2016, there was a big snowstorm for that one. Um, the late Rumble Johnson against Ryan Bader. Prior to that was Machida Rockhold, 2015. That was on Fox. Freaking UFC 169, Burrell, Faber 2 was the last pay-per-view. February of 2014 has been almost 10 years. Holy shit. I didn't realize it was that long. And that was Super Bowl weekend. The gate, by the way, for that card was $1.6 million. I'm assuming this is going to be much greater. Hennebrow, Uriah Faber, Jose Aldo, Ricardo Lamas. Ali Bagautinov against John Lineker. Abel Trujillo against Jamie Varner. Man, blast from the past, that is. Saturday's card, Aljamain Sterling, Henry Cejudo for the bantamweight title. Bilal Muhammad versus Gilbert Burns. Yan Shaunan against Jessica Andrade. Mofsar Evloev against Bryce Mitchell. Crone Gracie, Charles Jordan. Those are fun fights. Those are That's a solid five-pack. Dober for Vola is fun. Kennedy and Zichiku against Devin Clark, Chaos Williams, Marina Rodriguez, Virna Janjiroba on the prelims. Phil Haas, the great Parker Porter as well. So a little something for everyone here. And that's this Saturday on ESPN Plus pay-per-view here in the United States. And of course... <clears throat> whoops that doesn't sound good bt sport no bt sport box office i was just looking at something uh what a day it has been guys wow still have a little more to go we got to recap the uh the bets from this past weekend before we do that uh, love it love it love it all right how do we do fellas how do we do did the parlay boys get back on track no. No, 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 we, no we didn't. We Wait, actually, we, we, we were, were trying on to track. extend a winning streak. Yeah. We were trying to, oh, if we had sorry, won, sorry. we would have been back in the green. I feel like I've said that like 19 yeah. times. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no, no. You have nothing to be sorry about. So, did we get back um, on track? No. Uh, no. I mean, if we can, we can show the graphic here. I mean, me and you took care of business here. We did. So, we did. Uh, the other half, unfortunately, uh, did not. Yeah. Swiss bank account didn't work out. Yeah, no. that, that was a great Swiss call. Cheese. Honestly, losing losing the parlay was worth uh, that that Swiss bank account reference by Frank. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. It wasn't that, a bad pick. to be honest. Wasn't it no, like I'm the first fight of the night? Uh, like second fight of the night. Yeah, she got knee barred in the first round by Russian Ronda. Mm. Yeah, Frank. Jeez. I'm in Rick. You know, I honestly liked both of your picks. I'm not even. I'm not even throwing shade. I <laughs> uh, thought both of those would have fit. Uh, so yeah. Fourteen twenty one. It's like we're a football score right now. Oh my! Fourteen twenty one. <laughs> Jeez. Don't worry. We're we're, we're starting a streak now. I'm I, feeling I feel good. Two eighty eight. You know. Yeah. I I feel good. I feel good. It's I mean, just how can like, you feel bad? Keep it. You know. Keep it simple. Easy picks. Simple picks. There's enough favorites out there. I feel like we can make this happen. I think. I think we really right now need to lock in. Lock in right now. Commit to this. What, like are we, what are we? Like what are we? Seven weeks away. I like this. The coach. Seven weeks away from what? We're seven weeks away from getting back to five hundred. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Seven in a row starts now. Seven in a row. I read this great thing don't, about. I'm, I read I'm, this thing about Steph Curry. He said to everyone, "If you're not committed, don't get on this bus. If you're not committed yes. to being the fifteenth man, yes. to not don't get on this bus. If you want to go on vacation, stay home. If you want to go to Cancun, stay home. But if you want to get on this bus." That means to me that you are signing an agreement 
mentally that you are committed to this endeavor, right? I love this. I love this. And so I right now this. I want to I want to offer up to everyone, and in particular Frank, who's been taking oh, wait, this a wait, little wait, lightly, <laughs> I feel like hasn't really been putting the time and effort. We have shown up. If you commit, say this about his darts game. If you commit, what about darts game? I've beaten everyone. I've beaten pretty much every single human being that's come through these doors. <laughs> if you commit, I will take us home. I feel like I'm showing up. Wow. You got to commit. Okay, we got to make the right pick, not the sexy pick. Not the off-the-beaten-path pick, <laughs> not, not the so-so pick, not the comsi comsa pick, the right pick, okay? And we need, to, we need to block out the noise, okay? I don't, care if the, <laughs> I, I don't care if the odds are minus 120 for this parlay. Let's get the dub, because at the end of the day, we're being judged on our record. And let's be honest, our record isn't that great right now. I think you're focused too much on the record and not the profitability. Like uh, we're not, yeah, we're not profiting either. I want yeah, five hundred. We're not far. We're not far from that. I don't care about the record. We're we're not that that bet. If we had won it, would have put us into profitability. I, I, I'm more concerned about. That. I want five hundred. But it's right a great now. speech. Great I like speech. the idea. I love that speech. That I mean, was, it was absolutely fantastic. I'm Reminiscent uh, of of uh, Al Pacino giving the inches. I thought you were going to say Steph Curry. Yeah, no, who, what did, is Steph, Steph Curry, some great orator? Who cares? No, there's a great Steph story Curry. that came out yesterday about his performance where he, you know, he doesn't usually speak up, right? And he said to everyone, don't get on this bus because they, they took a bus from, from San Francisco to Sacramento. And he's like, don't get on the bus. If you are not 100% committed, if you are not all in, if you are not buying into what we're about to do, don't bother. I'll lead us, but you need to be committed, even if you're not going to play. Because apparently there's some, you know, like bickering going on behind the scenes there. Who knows? And so I'll be that guy. All right. Yeah. Just jump I mean, on my that, back. It, it feels like you're insinuating you're the one dropping 50 pieces out there. Yeah, okay, Steph first Curry. of all, that's the wrong approach. Steph Curry didn't say that after the 50 piece. He said it before the 50 piece, okay? So I'm not insinuating anything. I'm just saying lock in, ignore the noise, and either and even that comment makes me feel like you're not in. I mean, I have to be honest. I'm not. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I'm greened up every week. Like it's it's <laughs> oh, it's man. greens by my name. Every oh, week. here we go. Here, let I it guess out. There is an eye. Let it all out. Dream on this. Do I need to dream on green this and just take this over? Let it all out. Punched? Who's the Jordan Poole of the team? I love this. Uh, well, yeah, Jordan Poole is part of the prom. You don't want to be the Jordan Poole. I'm the Jordan Poole for sure. That's what I'm saying. I'll take Frank the Jordan Poole. No, no, it's me. It's me. Frank, I'm gonna let Frank slide. It's it's definitely me. I'll take I'll take the hit. Just lock in, Frank. Okay, that's all I ask. Listen, we 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 take. We get hot in May, and then we hit the uh, the Juliano Pena Parlay Boys Parlay. Oh yeah! Oh second my God! Does it all time out? We got, the, we Is got that, that seven weeks away. No, nah, it's like it's like kind five or six. Of. Yeah, but we got that in the back pocket. We got that in the back pocket. Oh my God! I forgot boys. about that. I forgot about that one. Yeah, Juliana. Juliana. God bless. Yeah, we officially brand this like everything. We'll get a whole new logo and everything if uh, Juliano Pena pulls that off. Parlay Boys. Parlay Boys. Shout Shirts. out! All right, what else? Shirts. Uh, well, I might be doing good with my parlay pals pick. Uh, not this week in the actual betting. Uh, Josh Quinlan, as we lost in the parlay pals, uh, lost there as well. That kind of uh, got me into the red for the week, kind of cemented it. I was a little too overexposed there. Lost the parlay because of that as well. Uh, a losing week. The struggles of 2023 uh, continue. Still over 56 units since we started this bad boy. Um, and yeah. Looking for a uh, big 288 here. Uh, we have the Draft King, Prezagon 81. Shout out to him. 602 points. Whoa. And an, and an update on the... <laughs> Whoa, was right. 602 points. Uh, and an update on the MMA Hour. Verdict League, Moynihan Francis. Uh, back in first. 
Um, that's all I've got in terms of recap here. No big hitters this week. No big hitters? Yeah, no, kind of a weird week. Why? Busy day at the house yesterday. Bad weather in New York. Yeah, it got to be like 9 o'clock, and I hadn't sent out the tweet. I forgot about it. Oh, okay. That was it. What does the bad yeah. weather in New York have to do with anything? I was I mean, just trying to come up with any excuse. Like, I'm being totally honest. Uh, it was bad weather. Oh, it certainly didn't help things. No. It definitely didn't help things. That's that's for certain. Always love a convo about the weather. We were supposed to go to see the Mets yesterday. Yeah, yeah we were supposed to go to Mets Braves yesterday. Oh, no. Postponed. Wait, why don't you like a convo about the weather? I just feel like it's the most... Like base level of conversation. Yeah, but it's not. It's not seventy two and like kind of cloudy and we're like. No, this was crazy today. This was. I I had to reschedule my son's birthday. Crazy. No, no, this was really. Wow. This. I. I thought like I thought. I mean, I thought we were going to get flooding. Were you bedridden all weekend, Rick? Like, yeah, I mean, you didn't have to do I some stayed groceries. in my house and stayed dry. And when I went out, I used an umbrella. Your it's Sunday a, bagels wasn't it's ruined? not an adventure. No, I got my bagels. You got the bagels? Pop up an umbrella and walk yourself uh, outside. I love it's a bagel not, right uh, now. I'm starving, if I'm being honest. Um, torrential downpour over here. They made my son I mean, play soccer, 11 and 8 year olds, in the torrential downpour. Oh, my God. I was like, what are we doing here, guys? Mud splashing? Oh, it was a mess. What are we oh, doing sure. there? This is not freaking Champions League here. Like we can reschedule, no? Poor kids. <laughs> I had to go in the car and watch the Knicks game for a little bit. I was like, <laughs> wow. every time he sat off, I went back in the car. I'm like, well, if he's not that. playing, I'm not standing out here like an idiot. I like that. I like that approach. And then guess what happened? Total amateur move. I was loving it. I had it plugged in. Wipers were going. I could see the field. I had a great spot. <laughs> all good, all good. In there for a bit, in, out, in, out. Go in the car today. And this is the rental car from the one that got smashed. Mm. Oh, no. Did you ruin the battery? Car didn't turn on. Oh, no. <laughs> was, this, was this an amateur move? Oh, no. What, it said battery. So you left the lights on. I left the lights on what? In the car. While I, while I was watching the game? No, after. I don't know what happened. Yeah, you left the... You, you had to have left something on. You left something on in the car after. Is it possible that just me turning the car on but not no. the engine drain no. the battery no because no then you had to drive home the alternator would have yeah the battery back up oh, i don't know Joe what says happened. you messed up no, I, no, what, no what did i do i don't understand you left the lights on in the car something after. had to have been left on right the dome light the headlights the dome light, light the headlights you left you left something that would do it you were probably in there oh, comfortable yeah. lights on no i didn't the turn the lights on I'm, I, I, it was day it was i have automatic headlights on your car that's in the shop Probably, yeah. That's Do you know if there's automatic headlights on this car? No, I don't know anything no, about this yeah, car. So I hate there this you car. Go. So there you go. I hate well, this car. They came and they jump-started it, but it was too, they, I had to Who take the other. Uh, Enterprise. AAA. Enterprise. Oh, no, I wow. called Enterprise. Rental car. I was like, yo, your car's not working. <laughs> and they're like, well, sir, you left the lights on. <laughs> sir, I didn't sir, tell them. Did you have a leisurely time in the car yesterday? I was like, listen, it's raining. I, you know, it was cats and dogs. I had to watch the Knicks game. All for naught. Wish I didn't watch it. See, and this feels like the story to lead with instead of like, ah, how's the weather, the weather convo? Skip. Uh, never happened Skip. to me. Skip. By the way, never happened to me before. I've never had a uh, car not battery? start. Yeah. yeah. It's an It was very embarrassing. I'm, uh, I'm just getting some breaking news from uh, our friend TST here. Uh-oh. Oh, great. Jack Dell and Madalena fighting Sean Brady for their seats in 90. Yeah, that we, this, this is like 10, year, 10 days old. <laughs> He's, I know. I don't know why he just texted me that. Thank, thanks, Troy. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Troy. Uh, yeah, you know Breaking why? Because I just saw that the Chosen Advisory tweeted it 13 minutes ago. <laughs> oh. 
God. Oh, boy. Two, two things Troy. you can count on for Troy. Letting you down with information oh, wow. like this. Oh, and wow. Also, oh, yeah, 100%. And okay. then, and then wow. also, also uh, texting me like pertinent work information immediately once the show. Doesn't, doesn't text it at 12.45. Doesn't text it at 12.30. He'll text or email at 1.30. One four, you know, right as it starts. You of all people know one to five. Like I'm kind of like you know, Love why do you, why do you have to do it now? Why'd you text us? Hey Troy, I need to be done by five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In the group chat. Oh, this is the wrong it's chat. Yeah, this other show. Yeah, oh, okay. have multiple so, chats. Yeah. <laughs> That's just doing another thing. Just saying, maybe you double check. Also, you know, I was the homie. I, I I let you know. So you, you did could, let me know. So I appreciate that. It. And then the, these two jabrons didn't let me know. They would have just <laughs> yeah, what left. Was your no, I read it. I your read response it. Was I was like, like, I think Ariel's having a stroke. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You just dropped you, could, you probably would have double tapped uh, thumbs up and been like, yeah, cool. <laughs> Sunglasses. Frank would have double tapped the thumbs up nine yeah. hours later. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunglasses emoji. Uh, yeah, oh, the boy. responses are like really lagging these days. I was gonna say we actually we we no longer get the sunglasses emoji. We just don't get any responses. I mean, it goes days, and I'm like, man, is Frank, is Frank I all right? I was sick all last week. Mm. Mm. So you're probably in bed. And then I say something like, the time. and Ariel's like, what does that mean? I, don't I mean, it was a random moment like, to do it. That's ooh. cool. Which ooh? It, it was, was like in the ooh. middle of, we were having a convo about like the fights or something, and it's just like, ooh. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Let's keep my ooze to myself. Yeah, keep, your, keep, your yeah. Ooze, keep your ooze to yourself? Um. All right. Well, we talked about. Do I mean? Do, do you guys want to recap the Apex card? Or uh... I mean, Song Yudong looked fantastic. <laughs> did look. I'm, I mean, I'm being serious. He looked unbelievable. He did look amazing. Marcus I didn't think McGee, that, was... that was a special moment. Three days notice. Yeah. Got the dub. Finish. Uh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't the best. There card. wasn't a lot to write. It's not the about. best card. Oh, uh, yeah. Marcus McGee and Song Yudong are the are the two storylines for me. Cody Durden, Atlanta guy, nice one. Yeah. And you feel for Brian Kelleher, who's going through something that the details are have not been revealed, but that was his uh, opportunity that that McGee got, and so he, you know, he missed out on that. He's feeling some type of way. New York guy uh, posting about it, so shout out to him. Whatever he's going through, seems like he's taking like a a hiatus, a hiatus from. Yeah. Didn't quite say retire, but well, he said he wanted to fight. UFC said he couldn't fight. Whatever, whatever caused him to be removed from the fight, um, and he's taking a hiatus. So. Wishing the best to him, whatever he's going through. Also wanted to wish the best to Judo Jim Wallhead, the veteran oh, yeah. uh, who has fought all over the world for so many different promotions. He announced his retirement on Saturday, a uh, a fixture at Team Roughhouse back in the day. Also uh, coaches the likes of Veronica Macedo. Remember Dan Hardy talking about him being instrumental in her comeback. He fought on uh, Saturday at Cage Warriors for their welterweight title against Reese McKee. That was a big show for Cage Warriors back in Dublin. A lot of young uh, Irish talent. P.C. Carroll's been all over that, so check that out as well. But uh, he had won uh, one, two, three, four in a row. Um, but how old is, is Judo? I mean, he's been around 39. Uh, has fought for, these are some of the promotions he's fought for. Cage Warriors, of course, House of Pain, Too Hot to Handle, Cage Gladiators, um, House of Pain again, M1, Ultimate Force, Clash of Warriors, Knuckle Up MMA, Bellator, Bama, and then uh, back to Cage Warriors, Abu Dhabi Warriors, KSW, WFCA, uh, had a cup of coffee with the UFC, had two fights in the UFC back in 2016 
and 2017 back to Bellator again and then finished it up with Cage Warriors. So shout out to uh, a legend of the UK scene, made his uh, his uh, MMA debut back in 2005, so almost 20 years for uh, for one judo gym. Shout out. And let's end on this if we can. What do you guys think? What's the trajectory? Well, oh, yes, go ahead. We talked about BKX, BKFC extensively, but we didn't uh, mention Chad Mendes uh, essentially calling it oh, yeah, that's right. career that's right. uh, on combat sports. So uh, another another veteran of, of yes the thank you for that yeah because it kind of got overshadowed by all the craziness but uh he also it also like was not very like heartfelt like it felt like it was very like almost positive and upbeat as opposed to like a, he had his ufc retirement and then it was just like That's hey true. i came gave this a shot loved it had a hell of a scrap with eddie alvarez and is like now you know what what else am i fighting for if they make me some kind of huge offer maybe i'll come back but otherwise like it's been a good run and um he, he seems to be at peace. He said he's he very was at done. Peace, yeah. He was done when he was done from the UFC, and this kind of brought him back in, and he thought that he was done after his first BK fight. Yeah. And the Eddie Alvarez situation and offer potential to fight a legend like Eddie brought him back. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Great 100%. Career. Incredible career. Uh, never won that big title, but an incredible run. And also, um, worth noting as we're wrapping everything up, Nathan Diaz back home. That's all well and good. There's a press conference next Tuesday in Dallas. And so that'll be hopefully our first look at uh, Nathan and Jake. What I wanted to wrap was with was, um, so what is it? Well, like, what is the ceiling for BKFC? The TV deal thing, I think is fast. Like if they get on, I don't know what the channel is. He didn't say, but if they, I don't know if they get on, I don't, uh, you don't like it. I don't think TV deals are significant in 2023. You for- get off pay-per-view you get TV deal, you get distribution, you get sponsorship, you get blue chip, hopefully sponsorship. That's way better than being on fight and, and having your thing, you? your thing, your thing pirated. Do you? You get a lot more guarantee. Yes, depends on the deal, right? If if it's a time buy, no. If it's if it's TNT, I'm just throwing something out there, or TBS, putting we you saw, on after we saw one championship do that, right? And now they're back to a streaming platform. Well, I mean, it's not it's Amazon it's, Prime. It's, it's not Prime. like it's you know. No, well, it, they were on a broadcast network, and now they're on. a I'm saying platform. any deal. They don't have any distribution deal. They're on Fight, oh, that, which is owned by Triller. If that's, if that's what we're talking, having any kind of distribution deal, great. Yeah, yeah. I think Does broadcast it, I don't, television is. I don't is think it has to be broad. That's why I said a, is a li- I asked him is a linear or um, or streaming. Like if this yeah. is a YouTube deal, I don't know. That'd you know be what fantastic. I mean? Fantastic. Yeah. Streaming, no matter what, it's going to be better than what they have right now. Getting off of the pay, this model is is all but dead. There's only a few instances where it's a real thing. UFC pay-per-views, still a real thing. Massive boxing events, still a real thing. Well, Everyone else, not a thing. Not a thing. And it's it's only like Tank Garcia type of boxing. Not even, you know, a step below that. Correct me if I'm wrong, and and I'm. I truly don't know the answer to this. Don't they have their own like subscription service? Isn't that how that? Yeah, goes? but all this stuff is pirated. If it's just no, I know. Yeah, but so would any future deal. Well, no. If it's, I'm not sure if it's on YouTube and or so I don't know. I'm just making that something will be up. pirated too. YouTube would be pirated. It's free. Who would pirate? You have to YouTube? subscribe. You would have to subscribe to YouTube Red or whatever the platform. No, what is. if YouTube Premium? I mean, you, you I don't know. I, I, who knows? Maybe it's a deal with uh, God knows who. Peacock for five dollars. I don't. That'd know. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, like, what is the ceiling? Do you guys think this time next year? No. 
The ceiling is is. <laughs> what were you going to say this time next year? What? Like, are they, are, are they bigger than Bellator and PFL? Are they the number no. two? No. The we heard uh, for what it's worth, we heard both Ben Rothwell and Eddie Alvarez say superficial damage, but they actually feel like compared compared to MMA, there's a lot less danger from the other types of injuries and things like that. Um, but I do think the superficial damage is what people are ultimately going to see that's going to cap the sport to a certain extent. Um, when you see Luke Rockhold's teeth like that, yeah, it's a hard visual, I think, for a certain... There's there's going to be a certain segment of the population that's going to say, I will not watch this just because of that outright. So now you're already dealing with a limited audience. Um, how much of that audience can you capture? Probably a lot just because they are very exciting. Like that card on Saturday was action-packed, exciting. We all enjoyed it. Um, but I think the, the 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 visuals of the damage, the cuts, the way certain people look after some of these fights limits your audience right off the bat. Whereas I think MMA has gotten to a point where um, because of the presentation on ESPN, because of the way the rules are, um, because of the way the fights play out, the damage seems to be less visually stunning in the, in that type of way. There's certain like uh, don't get me wrong, we certainly see some guys banged up, guys and gals banged up. Um, like Overeem's lip was hanging off his face against oh, Jarzinho. Yeah. Like we see this from time to time, uh, but I don't think it's every fight, and I think they're able to mask that a little bit better. I think the biggest thing is is keeping the big fights rolling. Like yeah. if, if they have another card and I've never heard of anybody on it, the chances of me tuning in are are fairly low. Like I, I think as as long as they can continue to pump out big fights, that's what's going to decide how successful they are. Till Perry, I'm in. Oh yeah, I'm in. Are you kidding me? That? Oh my gosh, yes. Like I that's that's another thing is like I wasn't the biggest fan of it going into this. Like I I'd, I'd only watched you know, one or two cards, but like now I am always, I will always be open to like a bigger BKFC card. I will definitely tune in. I, I was thoroughly entertained on Saturday night. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. A little, you know, uh, fr- I think I've used this analogy before, but uh, one of my brother's best friends, I'm, I'll never forget this. This is before, yeah, I don't even think my, my wife and I were dating, but I'll never forget. We went out for dinner and he wasn't even married yet. Now he has three kids. And he's like, just remember this, Ariel, when you have, when you have meat for dinner every night, sometimes it's nice to have a little chicken, <laughs> you know? And we were at a steakhouse. And I always remember that. And uh, that's what I thought of on Saturday. You know, we get a lot of great, yeah. you know, steak that's dinners. That's a good way to look at it. That's but a, that's a nice. good way to look at it. It was fun. It was different. It was a nice change up. Like, yeah. uh, my, like, I was with my girlfriend and she was like actually interested in it. She was like, oh, this is different. This is cool. It's just, I'm down with it's, this. Wa- it's wacky enough. On a random Saturday every four or five months, not every Saturday, and maybe they won't like us saying that. But it was. And by the way, they got super lucky that nothing else was going on that yeah. day. Like if there was if a big get, UFC, if they give us four or five, maybe even six, like quality cards a year. I, I wouldn't mind that. Compare it last weekend to, to this weekend with all the shit going on. That's going to clutter up Twitter and all that stuff. Yeah, you know a, lot, I mean? a lot of less eyes on it if it was happening this weekend, no doubt. You have to build the habit, though, and you can't build the habit that way, right? Like, if it's only the if it's only the change-up, if it's only the the side dish thing that you're trying every once in a while because the other stuff has no, gotten you gotta boring. you got to build. Listen, at, at one point, their biggest the night was Polly versus uh, Artem, and yeah. now their biggest night— Who would have thought two years ago their biggest night would be— Perry and and Luke, Chad and Eddie with Connor involved in some and Ben Rothwell like eh, you got to start in 4 years, you know? Rome wasn't built. No, they're on the they're on the right path, but there's there's 
there's obstacles. There's there's it's hard. It's a, it's a very hard path. Sure. Combat sports promotion. Oh, it's the worst. And for the faint of heart, this is a long. This is a, you got to be in it for the long haul. This is a long game. All right. Maybe we get uh, Artem Connor in BKFC. Well, that that fast that tracks it overnight. Heart. You do you do that, and all of a sudden you're in the game immediately. Uh, <laughs> that would break my heart. I want nothing to do with that. Are you kidding me? That would be depressing. I mean, yes, I'm. No, we need them. We need them back together. The it's world needs happen. them back together. <laughs> It was it was much better when they were the together. World. Um, all right, gents. Joe Pfeiffer in studio on Wednesday. Wow. So, uh, yeah. News. Yeah. Joe, Joe Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Yeah. Stay tuned for that. Uh, that will be uh, that will be very exciting, and uh, we'll take you home to UFC 288 uh, watch party this uh, Saturday, right? <laughs> uh, yes, there will be a. Watch Why did you party laugh? Saturday. I don't know. Circumstances are ever changing here. I was trying to. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're we can, on. We're we can, on. we can, we can promo harder on Wednesday. All right, fine, fine, fine. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate this. I appreciate this. Yeah. Watch party Saturday. Yes. I mean, I plug the show. I'm not even a part of the show. I mean, uh, <laughs> hashtag nice team player. Hashtag team yes, player. Again, this, going this, back uh, to the. Uh, to get on the bus. The bus thing. The there bus thing. There's, Frank. There's, nice, nice, nice. Okay, Frank, you can take us home now. Oh yes. Everything okay with you? I mean, I feel like we didn't really talk a lot today. Yeah, there's a lot of talking down to me. Wow. Uh, oh, no. Uh, everything that's great to... Oh, back. God, I'm going to get a call later. Hey, is everything okay? <laughs> uh, are we a little cool? passive-aggressive. No. You know what? Maybe I'm too comfortable. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah, you've gotten too familiar. Have I gone too familiar? No. I'd like to offer great. you this Bruce Lee sticker as a uh, token of my appreciation. Speaking of tokens... Yes. Joe has a coin back here that says yes or no. Yes. And we've been asking it different things about the fights, and it's a little scary. <laughs> Would you like to elaborate? Um, he's telling me not to share any of it. With you. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize. Um, that's what you guys are doing back there, doing the old yes or no. Is it like one yeah, of those eight balls that you shake? It's basically just a giant yes or a giant no. Wow. Okay. Um, I did want to give, uh, she's probably not watching, but I uh, want to give a shout out to Andy, our director, who's not feeling well today. Hope she, she feels better soon and joins us on Wednesday. Shout out to Corporate Alex for uh, fitting in. He'll probably have to do so a lot more in the near future. So, you know, good to get those reps in. And yes, we shall be back on uh, Wednesday to do the whole damn thing again. That's when we shoot Wednesdays on the nose. And let's see what happens with this Francis situation. Do we get some kind of resolution by Wednesday? Hmm, probably not. But, you know, crazier things have happened. So stay tuned for that. For now, though, we shall say goodbye. Thank you very much, Dave Feldman, Ben Rothwell, Eddie Alvarez, Mike Perry, Aljamain Sterling. Thanks to them. Thanks to all of you. Back on Wednesday, same time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here.